Yeah, Tony here from uh, Gentleburn. Uh, yeah, I reckon I might need to translate for old Rebusha here. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I think uh, she, yeah, she's saying something about you should enjoy this episode of the uh, Muck Pod. Uh, and, um, oh, hang on. And you can get a free scoop of chips with the purchase of any regular scoop of chips at Greasy's Takeaways. Look, I'm going to be honest with you, I have no clue what she's saying. I am just making stuff up. Kia ora and welcome to MuckPod, the Muck Party community podcast where we chat with the talented folks who help us make cool stuff about what they do, how they do it, and what's inspiring them. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Marchant, and who is here with me today as always... I'm Simon Crane. I'm an animator here at Muck Party. And joining us in the podcast today, Josh, we have... Tim, Tim Evans! Hi! One of the mucks. One of the mucks. Yeah. The, the cool The OGs. You can, the cool one. You can feel that it's the end of the year because I was racing through that intro. <laughs> yeah. Let me out of here. Yeah. On to the holidays. Uh, it's two weeks before we close up shop for our break. Is that yeah. right? I believe so. Yeah. Next Friday was our last day. Yeah. It's, it's so close. It's yeah. hard to believe yeah. that it's here again. We say it every year, but... It goes by quick. It went by very quick, yeah. Not in the moment, but when in you stack up the months. weird way this year, it feels super fast. But at the same time, I was just trying to cast my mind back to January and go, what was Muck Putty doing back then? And it was a bit of a strain, bit of a struggle. But if, yeah. if I am remembering right, we were working on uh, Night Eyes. I think so. I can't recall if that started this year. Yeah, or did if we it was start the year up. with Night Eyes? Hmm. Muck Putty shows do have a quick turnaround, so that might be the case. You'd think that if any show was going to have those facts, it would be this I one. I know, right? That's kind of what our service is, is to provide these yeah, facts. But And I'm the wrong guest for facts. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, let's, I tell you what, anybody who says we didn't start Night Eyes in January this year, speak up now. I dare, you to, pr- I dare you to prove it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was this year. And uh, this segment is really just to uh, look back and reflect on the year the studio had rather than hard and fast dates. Sure, exactly. Uh, Night Eyes was a really great project. Loved it. I think the excitement from everyone was really high for it. Um, Everyone was excited just to try um, a slightly different tone. There have definitely been scary episodes of other shows that Muck Putty has done. Some of your short films have been horror-ish. Yeah, but this one... We leaned in a lot harder than Definitely. some of our other stuff. Um, it was awesome. I really want to make more. Me too. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember at the time, like looking at it, you know, like sort of adding up all the elements that make up Night Eyes and kind of going, I think this is my most favorite show that I've ever worked on. <laughs> yeah, it was just because, yeah. you know, love and horror, love and comedy. Uh, the designs were great. Had it been a while since we'd made a Muck Putty show as well? Like, was Tumeke the one that came before it? I think so, yeah. Did there, we do a gentle burn between? Maybe we not. We might have done a gentle burn. Maybe it's like, a, 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 new, a new show. I think the latest season of gentle burn was earlier than that. It feels further mm, further in the distance, right. further in the past. But it was it was great to be uh, working on Night Eyes. And surprisingly for me, even as an animator, I really enjoyed it. A lot of the time, for me, animation is that's the job, yeah. part of yeah. the job. But it... Uh, the way that it was animated on twos, um, also just maybe 
uh, the design and rigging team have done this, uh, you know, so many times that they've really found their groove. All the characters were really fun to play with. And yeah, just trying to build, um, trying to build a genuinely scary tone. Yeah. In most of the episodes, there's at least a few moments where now it's actually meant to be quite scary. The characters aren't meant to be winking at the camera. Yeah, there was no point where we were sort of pulling back because it was a kids show or anything. We were just like, this is a horror. Yeah, but it's still got a nice... be scary. The kids will be fine. It's still got a great balance, though. Like, there's always some relief somewhere. It's not intensely scary throughout. The characters are always funny. The characters are amusing, even when they're being scared. Yeah, lighten those super scary moments with a a joke. Yep. And you got to write on it. I did. Which was awesome. Very exciting. I was saying to Chris, um, I think people aren't just being nice when they say that they really liked uh, The Blurred Witch. I think it's pretty much the consensus that your episode is the scariest. I'm, I'm happy with that. I'll take it. And it, it really doesn't hold back on the scary stuff. I, I was <laughs> I was thinking about why it's the scariest, and I think, and I didn't plan this, but I think what helps that episode stay with people a little bit afterwards is that um, the monster isn't... Um, isn't defeated it's not their friend it's mm. still out there and the characters are still afraid of it and that makes it kind of cool. yeah. kind of creepy yeah, yeah. yeah so very very like uh pleased uh that that episode came off and there's there's a bunch of ones that uh i think are really scary the one with um that introduces the character of beans where they're mm-hmm. just going inside a haunted house um or oh, the birthday one the birthday, the birthday one. one it's a really yeah. great episode because it's first half is all scares where they're just in this haunted house and creepy things are mm. happening the bit where the um the uh the copy the mirror image of him comes out at the mirror to get with them no eyes. So with no so eyes good. yeah even even just like the um the balloon with like the cre- creepy squeaky voice it's it's just on the border of funny but that makes it like weird and hard to know exactly how yeah. you should respond to it which i think is quite that's, spooky um, that's simon ward's mm-hmm. episode that he wrote yeah no turned out really good it's uh it's a weird show. I like it. A Have lot. you guys <laughs> discussed what you might do for season two at all, or is it a you'll yeah, think when you so get to it? Remind me how it ended. <laughs> um, it's basically they've they've, <laughs> dis- they've discovered and uh, defamed um, rich ghoulish. Someone went in the portal, though, right? That's right. Uh, beans sacrifices beans themselves. Sacrifice themselves. Spoilers, by the way, but be- uh, beans uh, ends up in the ghost dimension, trapped in the ghost dimension. Yeah. So I think we talked about the gang going in there to get um, Beans back, mm-hmm. I think, was where we landed. There's a whole bunch of options, but I think that was the one we would... That'd be really cool. So Go and like, see would, the would, Ghost Dimension. Would season two be all in the Ghost Dimension, or maybe just an Maybe episode? some. There'd be so, that's a new element that would possibly be in, in and out, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, I said sure. to Matt that I really liked um, the whoever on the background team designed it, just the brief glimpses that we do get of that cool Ghost Dimension. What's yeah. going on in there? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be cool, kind of an insidious sort of vibe, I think. Yeah. Um, it'll just be fun to explore the other world there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, now, I'm pretty sure that that is where we landed. I can't remember all right. completely, but yeah. Where is where is definitely um, uh, Night Eyes showing right now? Uh, it's on TVZ+. Um, and it's also been released on the Muck Putty YouTube channel. It has. Yeah, that's right. Gonna, yeah, that's we're, we're putting it up on YouTube now. That's the place we should send I was, people. I was very excited yeah, about there. that because I was so excited to tell people about it. But uh, TVNZ obviously is a New Zealand only uh, streamer. So it's really great to be able to post it and share it and go, hey, all my friends around the world, you can watch that's this. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it obviously locks it off from international distribution, but we just wanted people to see it, you know, because yes. it's, it's a small show and we're never going to make millions of it. So let's just get as many people watching as we can. Just for fun. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I guess the idea is that um, if, it, if it's already a struggle to get international sellers uh, yeah. interested in the things that we make, then better that people at least see the thing that we make rather than Absolutely. in a yeah. walled garden. And it is one of those shows that's like, it's hard to sell to a traditional distributor, you know. They're they're not uh, gagging for horror content for children, which is strange because mm. it seems to me, and this might just be the kids that I know, but you know, my my nieces and nephews and cousins and things, they're all really into horror. I have a cousin who. Uh, their grandparents and family are kind of at a loss because they are just so into Five Nights at Freddy's and they mm. just can't penetrate what this means. <laughs> right. Like what, so, so they're robots? Yeah. They'll just sit down with a book and explain like who yeah. all of the robots and all the history of this world. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's really cool that kids are um, so excited it's by cool. something spooky. And that's what I was like as a kid. I'm sure you were like that I as well. I was like that but, as well, um, yeah. Um, yeah, there's something about horror that just come obsessed with as a kid it's so appealing and i think it's because it is quite adult maybe it's kind of adult it's kind of it's it, it's um it's not allowed yeah you know you could get in yeah, trouble so you're kind of breaking the rules watching it and um, also it, it kind of feels a bit real you know like because yeah. if you watch it if when you're a kid and you watch something scary and then it's bedtime and you kind of like sitting in your bed sort of like looking at the walls going oh my god it's a, it's a whole experience right it it's really not just is watching a thing that's right it's yeah like it comes it changes everything yeah um, yeah it stays with you i think you guys were talking about it when um you were pitching it and when you were first plotting out episodes the the inspiration was those little moments that you glimpsed something scary before you were probably ready for it but it makes a huge impact. You remember your first scare. Oh, yeah. And all the things that I I loved growing up, all the things that I remember were dark as hell. You know, like Labyrinth was all the things that are tattooed on my body mm-hmm. are from scary movies that I watched as a kid because they they stick in your head yeah, more yeah. than other stuff. Yeah, and that's I, it. Like Labyrinth didn't hold back. Like, no. like th- those the helping hands. Like that, that looks like Dawn of the Dead, right? There, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's a, it's a dark, yeah. uncomfortable movie. It's there's lots of scary, you know, slightly threatening things coming at you. Yeah, well, the scene where they actually steal the baby and there's like goblins rolling under the bed yeah, sheets yeah. and you behind the curtains and things like that. Like that's exactly like when you're a kid, you go to bed. There's definitely goblins rolling behind mm-hmm. the curtains and under the bed sheets. I think it's a weird thing that like, I mean, there's a few emotions like that, but. Fear is sort of seen as like negative by mm. a lot of parents, and right. I don't think it should be. Like it's it's a good thing to learn your limits, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think all kids have like a a little bit of a I like it, I don't like it relationship with fear yeah. because kids like hide and seek, uh, which is sort of a it's not scary, but it's like the anticipation of something's yeah. coming to get me. Yeah, uh, but then. Some kids like me are scaredy cats and they get to a certain point and they go, I don't like being scared. It's too scary. And yeah. I think Night Eyes would be a show that would appeal to kids like me also because mm. the way that I would get into other genres outside of comedy, which was the only thing that I liked, say action, is if the show was also funny. Yeah. If the show had action, yeah. but it was funny. If a show was scary and funny, that was my in. That's it. And that was the whole, like, John Landis's philosophy was that, like, you get a fright and first you go... <gasps> 
and you sort of jump, but then, then you, you realize that it's just it's just a movie, mm-hmm. and then you kind of laugh at yourself, and so you laugh. And and so for that, like comedy and horror go so well together. I think that uh, what's nice about them is they're both sort of involuntary responses, the the shock and then the laugh. Yeah. And if you can hit both of them, that's a double whammy. And I, like it is a um, such a good pairing genre-wise, but it's weirdly, like there's not that many really good comedy horrors, you know, mm. like Shaun of the Dead and a few others, mm. Tucker and Dale. You know, I mean, like, I feel like comedy and horror – as you say, they're both reactions to surprise, so mm. you really have to plan your movie pretty carefully, and they're very precise tones, and that becomes even more precarious when you're trying to do both. Yeah, but I think the people that are the most successful at horror are the people who are also funny, like who understand the comic timing and um, you know, just the plotting of a joke is kind of the same as the plotting of a scare. Yeah. That's why people like Jordan Peele are so amazing. Yeah. Because um, he's been kind of doing that his entire career, you know. Yeah, some even people, when he wasn't making horror, some people can't understand how he could go from such a brilliant sketch show to such a uh, amazing horror director. And you yeah. go, there's more in common with those ideas than you there's think. A lot. Yeah, yeah. anticipation yeah. and shock and expect. but keep something yeah. crucial it's, away from the audience to surprise them with. Yeah, yeah. it's all tension, right? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what the result is at the end. It's the same process to get there. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so Night Eyes was a really, really great project. It was nice to be working on a um, on a Muck Putty show yeah. again. Particularly so what, would, what was 13 episodes? I, I believe it is. I think it is. Because yeah. yeah. that's the spooky number. Yes. Doing 666 is the goal, <laughs> but we'll nice. get there. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I think it was 13. All right. Yeah. And all, all up on our YouTube channel. Uh, yes. If they're not all up, they're still being released, but I think okay. they might be all up. Maybe. Right. We're getting yeah. close. Yeah. Okay. So that's something to go and look for. Uh, just YouTube, Muck yeah, Putty, you'll find the channel. Well, that's an, another new thing that we did this year was the, the YouTube channel, wasn't it? I mean, it's it's always been there, but it seemed to have gotten like a, a shot of adrenaline this been year. There. Yeah, but we we wanted to really focus on it and try to get people actually on there because mm-hmm. it's a pretty viable platform. Um if we can get the numbers, you know, like uh, New Zealand on Air have opened up to they're, they're kind of platform agnostic now, so it can be on TVNZ or it can be on your own YouTube channel. It doesn't really matter. Mm. Um, and so it's like, well, I'd rather it be on our YouTube channel yeah, than anywhere yeah. else, you know? Yeah. yeah. So um, there used to be a thing that, like, because it's got New Zealand on Air You had to have a broadcaster on board okay. and stuff like that. But, um, but even if you have a broadcaster, surely they want to protect that they're the only ones who are who who mm. have the show. I, but, to be honest, I don't think TVNZ with their originals can afford to be that precious. Okay, like Disney knows that yeah. it can be you know a walled garden, the prestige of the vault. You're get, we're letting you inside our precious vault. Whereas TVNZ, uh, the struggle is really to get people to know what's on there. Period. So mm. all all yeah. all. I mean, I discussion think is good. I think they still want it, but um, they get first look though. Don't they don't. They? They don't get it. Yeah, they do. Yeah. First, yeah, second window is YouTube, generally. I mean, you you make it up yourself and you do a deal with them. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. And it's only going to pick up steam. I uh, Last year, To Make Your Space got released on YouTube as well. It did, yeah. I think it did all right, but not quite as well as we'd hoped. Um, but it's a fun show. Mm. Yeah. Again, I, I, I always think, like, uh, just the way that the uh, the internet has changed things – 
if if Mug Putty was putting out these things on their YouTube channel, these completed actual mm. TV shows, people would have eaten it up. Um, whereas now the internet is where you go to watch everything. Yeah. I remember when YouTube used to be, uh, you know, if someone uploaded an actual TV show, everyone swarmed to it because there's actual content on YouTube. Uh, whereas now people are making professional shows for it. Yeah. It's hard, yeah. To, it's hard to get noticed. But It's a bit of a shame because we've, I mean, we were there right at the beginning and that's what we wanted to do. But our, our stuff was a certain scope, and the studio's a certain size. Like mm-hmm. we can't, we can't be just making content for free. Like we don't make money off our YouTube, so um, you know that was never an option um, to keep people employed. But um, now it's kind of cool. Like we get the the TV part that pays for it, and then get the viewers. Best of YouTube. both, like yeah. It. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. And the idea, I imagine, is that little by little, people will discover um, this YouTube channel. And find mm. there's actually a lot of good stuff here waiting for me. Yeah, I think so. And the more we can get up, like that, just grows, right? This this collection of all our stuff. It's gonna I, I don't think there's much. Um, I think I've always said that if you go into anything with the hope that something is immediately going to be the biggest thing in the world, you're setting yourself up for right. for disappointment. Mm. The number of great shows or youtube channels or whatever it is that happen by degrees you know people slowly discover it and then everything really yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah but and I, I don't think that's a great goal anyway yep. <laughs> you should just be aiming to make something awesome yeah know? yeah well we've made a lot of stuff this year um yeah in addition to night eyes um we finished off service work for dead sea squirrels dead sea which squirrels, was a yeah. very ambitious show it was a big, big project, and uh, it's kind of weird that it's gone now. Yeah, <laughs> like it just it still feels like it's it's stuff we need to do. But one of those shows that just seemed like it was never we we're never going to get to the other side of it because there was the thirteen episodes, which were twenty two minutes, something like that. Uh, yeah, and uh, lots of backgrounds, lots of locations, lots of characters. The number of times that I that people uh, would get handed scenes, that's like cool. There's seven characters in the scene yeah it was a lot yeah um, and I, I may have talked about this on the pod already but we all did have to laugh when in the last episode there's a scene where every <laughs> character that they've met is gathered around uh the yeah. main character uh and i think doug got handed uh that oh, shot and we doug. didn't envy him yeah <laughs> no, no um, animation no animator likes a crowd scene but that was <laughs> pretty tough. much a yeah, fully rigged yeah. crowd scene apologies doug um <laughs> Yeah, but uh, it was a good project. It, it kept the studio going in a lot of ways, so um, we're really grateful for it. And um, oh, it's, really? It's yeah. nice. To, yeah. It's nice to have continued work for for yeah, that long. It is, and it's not that normal. We just so. recorded a um, chat with Mike and Matt, which will probably be released next year, um, mm-hmm. about the long road leading up to Bad Jelly. Mm. Um, so there has been, you know, it's been a juggling act. Going okay, we're you've been pushing and pushing towards getting this big project bad jelly off the ground but unlike your other projects it's not just you get you get the word go ahead and you hit the ground running mm. yeah i mean we had to earn the deal you know so we we spent years working on um the pitch materials and a teaser and stuff we did get some development money which was amazing but there was also a lot that we did off our own backs mm-hmm. um and yeah, I mean that that deal is huge and complicated and didn't come easy. So um, the fact that it's happened is crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a very exciting way to to end the year with animation mm. commencing today. Yeah, that's officially right. on the books. Technically today, yeah. Um, 
a little bit weird right before the Christmas break. I know, but wind, that's just winding up before we wind down. <laughs> I said that's it's my preferred way to do it. It's like, okay, let's dip into the deep end and then just yeah. hop back out and reassess. <laughs> yeah. Um, you ever do that when you're in a pool? I find I'm I'm very skinny, so I'm susceptible to the cold. The <laughs> the Auckland oceans don't agree with me. I find I get in, get myself submerged, then immediately hop out. Then the the wind on my skin yeah. makes me realize it's okay. Good. Now it's I'm colder out here than it would be in there. It's colder yeah. out here, so I'm going right. to get back in. The second time I hop in, I'm good. So it's going to be a cold Christmas then for us because we'll all be itching to get back into the animation chair to that's make one way a to look at it. Jelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I hope you'll have a proper break. But uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm I'm house sitting for Chris. Um, oh, nice! So I'll just be out in the country looking after a couple of oh, cats cool. and working yeah. on my own things. Thinking it's about be bad jelly. I'll be dreaming about bad jelly. Yeah. yeah, bad jelly. I can't wait to come back and do this do this work. I am actually very invigorated. Um, after the 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 various meetings that we've had, the chat about uh, the lead up to it, it's all very exciting. Mm. Knowing. Uh, how long we've been working well, towards well, that's, this. That's the thing, I think, um, and, and and just to talk a little bit more about Dead Sea Squirrels, as, as, as we loved doing it and it was great to, to work on, but it really kind of uh, solidified us as a team, mm-hmm. but it we kind of got a bit... I'm not definitely not lazy. Like we never phoned it in or anything like that. But we got, we we're such a well-oiled machine. We kind of knew all the moving parts and where they were and what to do yeah. and, and 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 this kind of thing. You get comfortable. Yeah. And now along. Along comes Bad Jelly, and it's all different and new in a good way. Yeah, I, I think that um, Dead Sea Squirrels, as you say, great project to keep us busy for a long time, to keep the lights on uh, between our other projects. Um, and also, it was an interesting project to do right before Bad Jelly, because it was also pretty ambitious. That's right. Like, they wanted a lot mm. of action, they wanted a lot of uh, chase scenes, changes of scenery, as we said, lots of characters. And it just really highlighted, because we were in the process of uh, being trained to use Toon Boom, um, it highlighted sort of the limitations of the software we'd been using, Adobe Animate. Like, we really pushed that as far as we could to get a level of quality as high as we possibly could yeah. Yeah. under the circumstances. But it also kind of highlighted some of the um, the benefits, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's... It's a lot of work. <laughs> Once we switch over to Toon Boom for Bad Jelly, we realized, mm-hmm. you know, a rig takes so much longer and things like that. If we had to do all those rigs for Dead Sea, I don't think it would have happened, you know. Mm. So, so yeah, we, the simplicity of animated yeah, is its strength, really. I think so. And, and the yeah. familiarity that everyone has. As you say, we were able to just pick up this show. Complicated and ambitious, sure, but we all knew what we were doing yeah whereas the trade-off yeah. with bad jelly is we think we will get in fact we we've seen the tests we know we're going to get much uh better results from this uh new software but it's the the double the double challenge of trying to learn something brand new as well as yeah. things like producer which we're using for our pipeline management so there's just there's a lot going on yeah there's a lot to learn so as i say i'm really glad that we're having just a little a little, yeah. a little break away sure, before we sure. get into it properly and I'm just trying to think. Um, I didn't work on any of the um, littler projects that we did, but I know there were a few things like ads and possibly some music videos. Yeah, we did um, some electric Kiwi ads, which have been going for a while now. Um, and they're great little little fillers. Um, and then now, music videos, we did... Oh, the Flea Bite Fizz, was that this year? I feel like it was. Yeah, I feel like I it came so. out this year. Yeah. Um, 
a fun little um, kids music video. Um, it was cool. And possibly one of Chris Lamb Sam's ones, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song about nothing might have been this year. That sounds right. And didn't you win some sort of award for that? Yeah, I think it won like best children's music video or something like that. Pretty good. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Another very accolade cool. for nice. the studio. Very Helped nice. that the song was very catchy. And, yeah, they are catchy, Chris actually. Did a great, great job. Mm. Another thing to put into our award room. <laughs> yeah. Along with a bunch of gorilla hits. <laughs> yeah. 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 Did we make Hikoredo this year? I think we might have, yeah. I didn't work on that. So oh, you didn't? Oh, no, okay. So I, don't, I don't believe so. If I did, it's gone from my memory. I'm fairly certain I didn't. Um, was that happening? I thought it was this year. I think it was this year or maybe it started last year and right. trailed into this yeah, year. Yeah, I enjoyed making that show. Yeah, it, it was, was nice si- and simple. simple animation, but um, it was one of those things where you get the strength of poses. Mm. Uh, told some awesome stories that I wouldn't have heard before. That was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. It was very Kiwi. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, nice show. Nice show to work on. Yeah, it was good. And um, uh, just close to the um, end of the year, we uh, got started in bits and pieces on uh, the drawing show season four. Yeah, season four. So that's. 20 new episodes that's a um, nice it's a nice good order you know it is yeah we're pretty lucky this time to get a, a good chunk of them mm-hmm. and it will be now on um it's now through sky mm-hmm. so uh it'll be on prime and uh i don't know maybe neil yeah because like did i hear yeah. there was like maybe uh you know a little bit of a bidding war they because the show was originally a tvnz production right uh yeah I don't know. It wasn't a bidding war so much as a certain broadcaster dropping the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just jumped on the, the next, you know. Whoever else was Whoever else was interested, up. right? Because right. drawing we're show. We're really lucky that Sky came on. But Drawing Show is a real popular show, isn't it? It is. It's um, apparently one of Hey Hey, the kids' platform's most popular show, if not the most popular show. So, um, yeah. I it's think it's a bit of a- an odd. Bit of an odd thing to drop, but um, but Sky were great and jumped on board at the last second as well and um, pulled it all together. So lucky, and I think mm. that um, Muck Putty really does have its finger on like the pulse of, I think what kids uh, really want in a show. There's lots of shows that are aiming to appeal to kids, but end up being sort of you know an adult sort of doing math to figure out what kids are into. Yeah. Whereas the drawing show, kids really want something to show them how to draw it and in an entertaining, not boring way. Similar to yeah. Night Eyes. I, I feel like, I don't know, don't know what the numbers are, but I feel like kids like scary stuff and they love drawing. I think it's just because we never forgot what it was like to be a child, right? Like, I think people have forgotten and a lot of these shows that get made, um, yeah, it seems like they're desperately trying to make something for an imaginary child that they've invented and instead of just thinking about themselves it's like yeah what would you have liked as a kid well that's what mm-hmm. i feel when i watch drawing show it's like i'm certain i would have wanted to watch this Me because too. it's got yeah. this sort of it's got a little bit of education kind of where it's like how do you draw a thing and and they yeah. sort of tell you but you know kids are like the attention span is so short they really actually want to be entertained. So it's actually Sometimes more the drawing pack gets dropped. Very, a very, bit. yeah, it's very <laughs> short. But I think that's how it works because sort of you don't really need to see 
actually how something is drawn. You just need like a, like a few a little clue, sort of right? yeah, yeah yeah exactly just like a like a springboard. A yeah. But 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 really what you want is is something that's going to make you laugh and and entertain you and all that and that's really what the show is. The sort yeah. of Muppet show behind the scenes antics that the it's guys exactly putting on the we show. Were going for. Yeah, like, de- yeah. you can definitely see the Muppet show influence there. Yeah, and we I mean I'm sure Ryan's talked about it before, but the the it was him watching his children watch tutorials on how to draw and they were just so dry and right. like Yeah, not that exciting. And of course we grew up with the Muppets. Um we were like, let's just combine those two things. <laughs> like a drawing <laughs> tutorial with the Muppets. And yeah. I've really been impressed with a lot of the uh, the scripts because the show does mm. have sort of a set formula, the order yeah, of events that things happen limited. in. But people come up with really fun ways to subvert that, um, to change things up. And even just, they, you know, different ideas. It's not just mm. every episode is just, here's how you draw this object. They're really thinking about what do kids want to know. One thing was, how do you draw a hand? Hands are pretty complicated. There's yeah. one about... Uh, just doing something with shading, with no line work. Um, mm. Lots of uh, the one that I'm working on at the moment is about deliberately drawing bad mm. without feeling bad about it. Yeah, just having fun doing That's something. That's so important, fun. right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you can't like everything you draw. You know, no one does. But you, like the most important thing, if you want to <laughs> be a drawer. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Yeah, you can't even like anything you do. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what um, I've heard it said is that everyone, almost everyone at some point in their life does draw. It's just some people stop. And the reason they stop is because they start judging what they're making. They go, oh, this isn't as good as I want it to be, so I'm just not going to do it ever again. Yeah. I don't know, because it's not like we weren't judging our work. It's, I think it's, um, like I've never been a big believer in like talent as a mm-hmm. thing. Oh, like, I'm sure it's a concept that, that exists. But I feel like it's, you know, 2% of the equation and like being actually interested in the thing is way more important than having talent. Absolutely. Um, and I, yeah, I think it was just that we were interested in drawing enough that we didn't stop when mm. we weren't good enough. You know, we just mm. kept trying to be good enough. Well, it's that feeling, you know, when you when you draw something the night before and then you wake up the next day and you actually can't wait to look at it again. You actually wake up excited to look no. at it again. <laughs> I don't know this feeling. Well, that happens to some people. You can't sleep because you hated your drawings? No, I get no. That. I, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I get a bit of both. You know, yeah. sometimes if, I've, if I think I've really nailed it, I love just zooming in on the details and going, look, I've, I've done it all just the right way. But then just as often, you look at, you look at it the next day with fresh eyes and you go, no, no, not this. Yeah. This yeah. is not how I imagined it at all. But the trick yeah. is, you just go, okay, that wasn't the way I wanted it. I'm going to try and fix it with the next one. Fresh eyes. Yeah, totally. So, drawing show, another... Fantastic. Um, another, I'm, that's I'm, still I'm going to push it again. Is that on our YouTube channel? No. No. Uh, not currently, but it will be eventually. People outside New Zealand, you'll have to wait. You're missing out. You're, you're I mean, missing maybe, out. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm the wrong to... person to ask, but I think maybe some of the earlier stuff might be. I know there are like new one or two right. sort of preview episodes um, right. that are up there for free. I'm just trying to remember if I've seen it on any of the pirate sites because I know some Muck Putty stuff does show up there. Okay. Well, and the reason I'm saying it is because people outside of New Zealand do ask, where can I yeah, see Yeah, they want stuff? to see our stuff. Yeah. And we'd, we'd like them to see it. I guess it. the drawing show got sold in Aussie, so it probably won't go up on YouTube. At least not, um, mm-hmm. you know, it might be region blocked or something. Okay. If it does go up. Not right away. That's fine. Not right away. Um, um, did Jandalburn appear on our YouTube this year? Or has that always been a YouTube thing? Uh, or is it not on there at all? 
I think we're asking the wrong questions. Okay. We keep asking when did this happen, and the question yeah. is, don't I don't about know. Dates. Yeah, but it's been a it's been a busy year, especially I think for the um the the mucks and the heads of departments. Um, yeah. mostly because you've had a, a whole mess of meetings. Yeah, there's a lot of behind yeah. There's a lot of planning that has to go yeah. into something like Bad Jelly. It's been a bit of a, a culture shock, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Like it's like grown up work all of a sudden um i think we've felt that on our end too it's it's still fun and it's still pretty you know hands off we all trust each other to do our best work but yes there's just there's just a little bit of formality of the of the real world coming in Though, though i have heard through the grapevine that uh the canadian studio that we're partnering with are still sometimes a little aghast at the way things run they're like what do you mean everyone's not here at nine where are they (laughs) yeah we do um, let people make up their own rules, really, because it's just not fun otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely been a, a bit of a thing um, with anyone we've spoken to along the way, really. is they, It doesn't seem like other studios work like that, which is a shame. I think it actually works better the way we do it. Yeah, which, um, uh, in, in fact, it sort of uh, incentivizes us to make Bad Jelly even better because we want to prove that a studio can be done this way. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just, I, I kind of think it's, um, even from a business point of view, like it's more cost effective to give people freedom and let them do their best work. That's always know? been my hunch. And I've seen yeah. a few like studies and documentaries to that effect. Mm. Maybe it's just what I want to hear, but that is what they say. <laughs> like uh, uh, Michael Moore um, did a documentary where in one segment he was chatting to some uh, company owners in Italy. And Italy has very strict laws about holidays. You have a certain mm. amount of holidays, more than we get uh, over here or certainly in the States, and you have to use them. Um, you, you, you have mandated time off. They do things like uh, everyone leaves and goes home for lunch and has lunch mm. with their families. Um, and overall, they spend less time at work than they do at than at work. Yeah. Um. And the question was, well, how does that how does that work? Because we're used to sort of the, I don't know. Uh, it feels like other countries have more of a um, I don't know, a a a, a workhouse mentality where it's just the lo- the more people work, the more you're getting out of them. And the answer yeah. was simply that um, if people are if people are generally happier, more productive. if yeah. they're less stressed, they don't get sick as often. And that actually means over, you know, the, the span of their life, they are actually to, able to work longer. Mm. Um, it was very interesting. So I'm I'm in full agreement. Sense. I yeah. think yeah. the way that Let's my buddy it works, work. it certainly makes me happier than when I was working my nine to five jobs. Yes. can say that. That's nice. Now, um, <laughs> uh, in setting up Bad Jelly this year, uh, you and the boys got to take a trip over to England to record some voices for Bad Jelly. Because yeah. for us, we're starting today. But like you certainly aren't starting today. And this no. year, there was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff and, and recording. Like I always love it when the mucks go away for a trip. It's not a case of the grown-ups are gone. We can now misbehave. <laughs> I like all the stories that come back of, of how, you, how you guys misbehave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. did we? Um, it felt very uh, well-behaved. But we did have a lot of fun. Um, I guess we can talk about yeah, we can talk about the cast and stuff, right? Right, yeah. That's, out that's a huge thing. We've recorded quite a lot of cast now at this yeah. point. Yeah. So while we were over in the UK, we um, did a bunch of voices. We recorded with Mary Muggles, and she was amazing. Um, such a 
strange and wonderful woman. Every every interview I see with her, she's so delightful because there's none of that sort of actory pretense. Yeah, she just says exactly how she, she feels. Exactly she's got nothing she to lose. Yeah, mm. yeah, and that's what it feels like. And it's a little bit um, intimidating uh, in person, but she was just lovely, and you know, we got everything out of her that you could imagine wanting you know we got the swearing and the farting and the burps <laughs> the chaos yeah you, you've um, clipped a few amazing. of uh a couple of outtakes for like these yeah. social media muck putty platforms we've seen yeah um well not for those oh have those some of those not are, all of them uh to be kept private but yes um and we also recorded uh with joe wilkinson while we were over there mm-hmm. who was just amazing brought a real sweetness to the character that we just weren't expecting at all um she plays the mum is that right joe wilkinson yeah no he's he is dullboot oh yeah so we we know Um, him from afterlife yeah he was the mailman and eight out of ten cats does countdown Uh, things like that um taskmaster who am i mistaking Um, him for I'm going to have to go I'm back and look sure at Joe Wilkins. Uh, there's just a bunch of people on Taskmaster, and I know there's a woman called Joe who I'm thinking of. I'm going to laugh. Joe Brad? Maybe that's it. Maybe? Maybe that's it. Um, yeah, Joe Wilkinson, he, like, we expected him to be funny. You know, he actually replaced someone else. So we had this whole different thing in, in our mind. And then when Joe came on, um, he was just really different from what we were expecting but in the best possible way like it brought a real softness to the character and a real heart to the character oh that's fantastic which is is going to be amazing when people see it it must be be interesting having um the actor bring a slightly different take um to what you were expecting yeah absolutely because the lines don't necessarily change they don't they're they're allowed to Mm -hmm. we don't we're not very strict on um sticking to the script but um and generally, when we know who we're writing for, like we've worked with Reese Darby a lot, so we know we know we almost can anticipate Reese's ad libs at this point. So, um, so yeah, there's not as much ad libbing with the people that you would actually think there would be. Um, but yeah, we're we're not very strict, so they can do what they want as long as it makes the story better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's nice though because like you say when you're writing it you usually write for the actor that you're you're expecting. Yeah. So and in this case it doesn't work it wasn't, out. Wasn't Yeah, it wasn't so, the case here, but right. we did do a quick rewrite once we okay. knew um it was very last minute, but um but yeah, it worked out so well. We're we're so happy with that performance. Excellent. Just, and yeah. uh Miriam as Bad Jelly, was that always your top casting choice or were there a couple? Um she was very close to the top. We, mm-hmm. She, well, not that so much. It's more like she was a slightly later addition. And, but once we realized that she was an option, um, she just was bad jelly. <laughs> like mm-hmm. We couldn't really mm-hmm. think of anyone else. Um, but yeah, there were a couple of people we were thinking about before we, before we realized that Miriam was, was an option. Um, and so how much did you record with Miriam? I think we did about three or four episodes. Okay. Something like that. And, and then, then do the rest. We've uh, done the rest via Zoom. Via yeah. Zoom, yeah. 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 Um, 
She's having quite a year for voice acting. She's popping up everywhere. Every time I turn on the TV, there she is, playing yep. some cartoon character or really? something. She's Busy. she's in the new one of the new Doctor Who specials. Oh right, okay. Very fun. I I won't I won't spoil anything, but we didn't recognize mm. her voice until a certain point in the story right. where she starts talking differently, and we're like, wait a minute, that's Bad Jelly, there aka Miriam. Yeah. If we had been just a little bit further into animating Bad Jelly, you would have spotted it straight away. True, like, true. Why do I feel like I'm at work? <laughs> yeah. I'll know who I'll know who Joe Wilkinson and all these people are in and out by the <laughs> time we're right. done with Bad yeah. Jelly. Um, one of the big ones that we were just so excited about was um, Julian Barrett from the Mighty Boosh. Oh yes, so such big Mighty Boosh fans. Yes, and. He's How, really tall, so when he walked in the room, so. it was just like you shrunk <laughs> right. and became a child. Like he's he's quite an intimidating presence, but just the nicest. No, the it's nicest Howard guy. Moon is what, Howard yeah, Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah Howard, Howard Moon. Moon. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, and who's he playing? Uh, he's Jim the Eagle. Jim the Eagle. Oh, right, great. Yeah, but just amazing and so smart. Like the his ad libbing was really well thought out, and he was like foreshadowing things and just creating new gags that spread like a bunch of lines and so it was excellent it was like watching a master comedian work it was right. really amazing yeah because it's sort of really cool the best comedians um you their work is meant to feel spontaneous but it's planned ahead of time yeah. and when you when you notice the construction after the fact and you realize wow they they got this joke to link up with that joke way yeah. later in the show these guys are really onto it yeah yeah it's impressive was, to um, see in real time for you it was really cool. Yeah. Um, we were really, really happy. And yeah. Fantastic. So who else did you record with? Well, because what did you say? While three weeks London, or something like that? Um, oh, uh, Malachi Hall, who's playing um, Tim. In oh, the yeah. Show. Oh, so nice. he's, he's a young man. Uh, what is he? 12, 13? All right. Like this. Lovely kid. Very smart. And... Uh, yeah. He's, no problems he's taking one of the lead roles. Amazing. He's yeah. just been amazing. Yeah. I really like that um that you that you got actual young people rather than yeah. getting someone to play young. Yeah, it was especially important for Tim because he's such a um childish spontaneous character that it needed to be a childish person, you know, someone who is a kid. Um but it really really worked out. We we hunted for a while and it was really hard um to find the right people, but we did, yeah. Fantastic. He's awesome. Was there much in the way of auditionings, or was it just who would who would? Yeah, we got a agree. we got a lot of like self tapes um, sent, um, but it was a really specific thing. And like at one point, we were looking in New Zealand, but it was like an English kid, so it became even harder. And then, um, yeah, eventually it ended up on the UK side. So right, yeah. So like you were you were auditioning. Kiwi kids to play an English kid is like is is Bad Jelly really we set would, in England well, or or is that just it's, to... yeah it's kind of vaguely set in England yeah it's a made up town but right. it, is, it is England but you want to get that sort of Spike Milligan sort of we just wanted yeah it was important that it sounded English for Spike Milligan yeah. I think so it had his vibe um, but with these big co productions you never know like casting isn't just about who's right for the job right you've got to there's points in different countries and things like that. And you've mm. got to juggle all this sort of business stuff as well. So yeah, we were very happy when that ended up being on the UK side because it meant, you know, not doing a fake accent, which would yeah. have been potentially awful. Um, 
but yeah, it turned out really, really good. Yeah, really I got to say, um, we watched the uh, animatic for the second episode today, and what I love is how the language in it, um, just the dialogue, it it feels Spike Milligany. Mm. You know, it's it's naughty and it's silly and um, lots of wordplay. Lots of wordplay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's good. It's definitely what we're going for. Because this is the thing. It this is this is an adaptation of mm. Bad Jelly. It's thirteen episodes in the first season. Yeah. Um, it's taking the the Spike Milligan's work as a springboard and exploring the the implied world. Cause, yeah, because if I'm remembering right. Um, um, I was in a like very early meeting when you guys were planning out the whole story and you had the actual book right there to flip yeah. through. And I don't know if there's even an illustration. There might be, but I think the, the, the lion, the, the tin lion. Oh yeah. I, I oh, think rusty. There's yeah. More. I think he is mentioned maybe once there's a noise in the forest and the kids, yeah. Tim and Rose ask what that is. And they say, Oh, it's the tin lion. He's rusted uh, after bad jelly turned him into a tin lion. And, um, everyone in the room agreed like that's such a cool idea and as obviously whoever designs it is going to have such fun doing that there's a character just waiting to be developed yeah yeah and the whole book's like that it's it's he just throws these ideas out and then just whips them away again and moves on um so and because we're making 13 half hours like we can actually spend time with these characters and um figure out what they're all about and yeah. what, what they want yeah, and you've had uh, meetings with um, other writers outside the studio to develop the story and work on scripts. Is that right? Yes, we've got um, uh, three writers in the UK, and they've been amazing. Um, not sure we can say names. Maybe we can. I don't know, but I won't. Um, but they are amazing. But they are amazing, and uh, you'll when, see their names in the credits. Yeah, you'll see their names in the credits, and you'll see their names in lots of credits because they're really good. Um, it's going to be awesome. It's definitely been a year of late night and midnight meetings. It has because, oh. yeah, because it's a bit on the UK side and a bit in the Canada side and a bit in New Zealand. It's Yeah. It's been a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that, it, that's one of the unfortunate things about like going global in New Zealand is like yeah. you know, we don't really share a time zone with anybody. Yeah. There is that map that you can see where uh, from a certain point of view, the globe all you can see is New Zealand and then just oceans surrounding it. Yeah. A continent or two peeking over at the side. So yeah, we're very far away. That's what it feels like at one in the morning when you're recording a voice. It's like very far away. How yeah. do you dig deep to find that energy? Because you don't want to come to a recording session being all like, oh, tired. And... I mean, I th- they're just so funny. You know, like right. I think being tired almost makes them better. Okay. They're just laughing so hard. Like we've been so lucky with our cast. They're... They're just all absolutely hilarious. So it's, it wakes you up, you know, pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess you can't know at this stage, but are you expecting that maybe now that a, quite a fair bit of the pre-production is out of the way, um, maybe that maybe your the year to come will be a little bit less constant meetings for you? Or at least maybe that's what you're hoping. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. We've also, you know, we've got a, Line something up after bed, Jelly. Yeah. So there's a lot. Um, there's still a lot to work on. Yeah. Well, we'll check in this time next year. Yeah. <laughs> see how we're feeling. Just be a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A muck puddle. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's only going to be six months um, of animation. Um, yeah. Something like that, and then, uh, well, I assume that pre-production. I mean, post-production will be 
a tail after that, probably. Yeah, up a 2025, we're looking at um, actually launching the show, I think. I saw that one of the posters out there, someone's just slapped a post it over. Whatever year it said underneath, it now yeah, says I 2025. Yeah, it said 24. No, maybe it said 23 even. It's been such a long time um, building up to this. It's nice to finally have it. What's, what's the fun part? Like, is, is it now that we're in animation, is that the fun part? Or was it recording the voices? Was it the writing point part? For me, it's always the writing. That's the, yeah. yeah. I mean, the writing was um, just amazing. And, like, I can't talk too much about the detail of the, the episodes I wrote, but I was really lucky to get quite big, um, important story moments. And, um, yeah, just that as a challenge was amazing like i loved it and now seeing those episodes you know at each stage of the production is just um yeah it's really right exciting. so every time you kind of like something that you've written you see it visualized yeah, yeah. by an artist it's yeah. like oh wow that's and fun. they're capturing what you wanted you know yeah it's really yeah it's really you can amazing. tell you've done your job right described yeah. and gotten across what you wanted yeah it's really satisfying it's awesome nice. i really hope that uh, the animation department like you're just going to drop the, the ball. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> Swing, miss. <laughs> I hope so, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, you'll do great. Everyone's doing amazing already. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, that's it. I mean, if, if it, like we said uh, when Bryn was here, it's it's play is what keeps things young and fun. And mm. if we can, if we continue to play with these bad jelly characters, that's the thing. We're getting these rigs now, and, and the rigging department have put so much work into them. They're amazing. Yeah. We just get to play with them. You know, we get this awesome uh, voice work that you guys yep. went and recorded. We get these amazing rigs. We get these super backgrounds. And we get to play. I mean, come on. <laughs> Time to pick right. up the dollies and move yeah, across exactly. the screen. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. It's cool. Our well, part we're, is easy. We're excited. Yeah. It's been a, been a big year, 2024, for the studio. The start of it's been huge. bigger and more exciting things to come. Yeah. We got new people on. So we, well. we have um, our, our, our Christmas party is coming up uh, at the weekend, and I was checked the email of everybody who's been invited, and it's a long list this year. <laughs> it's, you know, it just keeps getting bigger. Yeah, it just keeps yeah. getting bigger. Yeah, I'm glad one of us has a lawn. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he bought his house a lot earlier than the rest of us. Smart. That's yeah. the way to do it. That <laughs> is. Go back in time and do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, is that us? I that, think that's, that's, that's that, yeah, how, how do you feel? That's the year? I think is, so. Is there anything else? That, yeah, I that, can't think of anything. Yeah. Lots of writing, lots of recording, lots of fun. Yeah. How would you Fantastic. sum up 2024? Uh, busy. Uh, a little bit scary, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's been good. A growing year. It's been a growing year. And that's, that's straight from the horse's mouth. You heard it here first and yeah. last. Yeah. Well, thanks, Tim. Thanks for coming in. And, uh, well, we're, we're glad we were able to steal a moment of your, of your very, very precious time. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of worked out in the end. Good. All right. Thanks, All right. guys. Till next year. All right, well, we're back. That was our segment uh, with Tim looking back with the mucks at uh, the studio's year in review. What um, a year. Yeah, what a year. 2023 yeah. in the bag, baby. Fantastic. Um, and, well, you know, it's uh, 
It's quite a, it's, you know, a happy coincidence for some that uh, our, our dear friend Bryn, who insists on doing a Christmas uh, segment yeah. every year, well, they had themselves a little accident. And that sounds like some um, a mafia-esque threat, but I didn't do it. <laughs> they genuinely had a, uh, um, a medical event and they had to go to the hospital. And I was visiting them uh, just yesterday. Um, and well... You know what I say to that? Uh, Poo-poo to Christmas, clucked the Grinch. That's right, because uh, Bryn wanted to come on and do a Christmas special. Yeah, they did. Uh, they neither did. you nor I are particularly Christmassy. So. By the time they hear this, they'll find out no Christmas is coming. Oh, well, oh, well, what can you do? Yeah, well, you know what I say to that. <laughs> <laughs> the spirit of Halloween laughs in the face of Christmas Town. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess we're just going to have to wrap up with no Christmas. Yeah. Uh, we will. Uh, now, hang on. Do you hear that? What is are that? You, are you playing that is music? That, I hear music. I didn't put this in a post at all. Yeah. Hey, is, is there a, a light? Is, is, there a, is there a bright light on this podcast? That can't be right. <laughs> this, is a, this is an audio medium. Who, whom's does that? It is I, the Christmas Brin. Oh, oh no. I have come from the heavens. I have wished myself upon a Christmas wish and you throat. That can't be true. You had a you that, had a broken well, throat it, just that, yesterday. That was, that was never established. That was my tonsils that were that was why I was in the hospital. Yeah, oh, last okay. time we I'm saw good now. I can la- talk. I last thought you time were just they actually throat. couldn't speak. Um because they you've had your tonsils out. Yes, but now I've got new Christmas tonsils. Yay! <laughs> and they jingle. They jingle. They wrinkle and tingle. That darn Christmas magic. What can't it do? Oh, what, did, what did they say? Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> and, yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. And to all a good... Roll the intro. Yeah! Yeah, let's play, the, let's play Dane's Christmas intro. <laughs> I do like. I yep. love the intro that Dane did for us. Absolutely. I do like whenever a cartoon or something has a special Christmas intro. It's yeah. always nice. Yeah. The cheaper ones literally just add bells that play along to the rhythm. You know, if they go in the extra mile, they'll actually re-record the whole thing yeah. and add like bells and Christmas-themed lyrics. That's always fun. But we got a Dane. But we have a Dane, which That's is right. who who can do music for us. Yes. Because we don't have that special special skill. No. Well, Bryn, uh, this is your time to Christmas, shine. Christmas, Bryn. Welcome back to the uh, uh, podcast room. Up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's well, not my Christmas. There's a mouth on this Christmas, Bryn. <laughs> I, have, I have a new Christmas mouth. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, a good Kwanzaa, and a hearty candle nights to all. And welcome to the Merry Muck Potter Holiday Extravaganza, where we talk with the holly jolly elves who help us make cool stuff about what they do, how they do it, and what inspires them. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Brincense. Ay, <laughs> One of your other hosts, Fringerbread Man. Oh, my <laughs> lord. You know, I'm um, telling you, it, it would be better 
in this one instance, if you were the the one who was not into Christmas, because the Brinch is right there. Oh, beautiful. The Brinch who loved Christmas. Yep. I'm stealing it. You're stealing I'm it. Bringing it back. And then sharing I'm it. bringing it back because yeah. my heart, hey. I, that's the Christmas which I got a new heart and it was 10 times bigger or whatever. <laughs> You're getting all these Christmas parts. This sounds more like a Frankenstein job to me. <laughs> Frank Brinstein? Yeah. Frank Brinstein. Merry Christmas. And you got courage and you got a brain. You got everything. <laughs> and now you get to go home. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Um, well, hey. well, you do better then. What, what are your Christmas nicknames? My Christmas nicknames? Oh, jeez. This yeah. year, introduce yourself. Yeah, this year I was um, Simon the Red Nosed Crane Deer. That's pretty good. That was I was happy with because last year I was um, Candy Crane, mm, that's which good. I thought I'll never get, I'll never beat that. And then the uh, Crane I think came last out. year I was Merry Marchantmas, which is <laughs> right. something. Uh, but what about what about um, Jingle Josh? Is that oh, something? Right. Yeah, that'll that's do. Good enough. That's nice. Yeah. Um, by the way, we um, made a few allusions to the Grinch. Did anyone see that commercial? Um, oh yes, that Walmart did. Um, they did this commercial in the style of uh, the Chuck Jones Grinch, the best adaption of the Grinch, in my mm. opinion, the only adaption of the Grinch. Um, but it, what's uncanny about it is just how well they um, they captured the style of that of that special. Uh, there's a really beautiful shot where the Grinch slithers down a pole to look at the Walmart uh, delivered presents on the doorstep and. It just looks beautiful. Is it yeah. animated? It's like animated. 2D animated? Uh-huh. Oh, right. They capture the movement. They capture the furry, shaggy look of it all. His, his nasty teeth. The, the line style? Absolutely. Wow. The, the only... The weird thing about it, though, is everyone who watched it says, I feel kind of conflicted because the look is startling and beautiful and looks exactly as it should. The message of the commercial, however, runs perfectly counter to the point of the story the the ad basically says actually christmas does come from a store christmas uh the grinch <laughs> learns that actually it's things that you buy yeah, at walmart yeah. that make christmas <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, right. and i was like what is it about dr seuss that somehow like capitalism spins all the characters to run the opposite message do you remember when that lorax movie with danny devito was coming out and they had oh, an advertising suvs you mean the onceler movie the the onceler movie yeah, 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 I, yeah. I guess so i guess so uh, everyone glommed onto the the Wunzler character. He became the new Tumblr sexy man inexplicably. You never know where they're going to crop up. Is that the little Danny DeVito character? Is the Wunzler? No, no, that's the Zach Efron he... voiced okay. character. Oh, right, right. Who yeah, in yeah. the book you never see his face, but in right. the movie they're like, well, we're he's not creative enough to hide a face for two hours. Yeah. So he's just a tall, slim boy who dresses like an indie band guy. <laughs> is that right? Is that what I'm remembering from that movie? I've dug my grave. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that, it's it's a great commercial. Watch it with the sound off this uh, okay. Walmart commercial, and you'll love it. Yeah, yeah. What were we talking about? We, I just brought I just brought up. We this were talking commercial. about our Christmas names, right? And our yeah. Christmas names. We, well, we had the Brinch, the Brit, the yeah. Brinch. What was your What was your actual name? Uh, I was. Well, last year I was C's Brin's greetings. Mm, that's like good. it, like um, it. And the other one was Snowed Brin. Ah, oh, yeah. very nice. I like it. Uh, yeah. But this year I chose Frank Brincense <laughs> and Brin. <laughs> Brin <Bringer> Brit. <laughs> I like. I like that they get more tortured as time goes <laughs> We we lose all the good ones. Yeah. Look, the the Christmas magic couldn't heal everything. No, no, not a sense of humor. <laughs> you didn't get a new house. <laughs> no. Well, now you know I'm, what to ask Santa Claus for. <laughs> I'm I'm super serious now. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I'm all business now. Right. Cr- business Christmas, 
Christmas rebirthed Bryn is uh, excellent. Very, very serious, serious, serious Bryn. So let's get down to business. We've got business. We've got business. To, right. to talk about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Christmas business. Yeah, it's like Santa. He's all right. <laughs> the jolly fat man. He's great. Yeah. He's great. Oh, oh, Saint Nick. Yeah, I've Little heard of him. Nicholas hasn't visited me lately. Uh-huh. My parents have been getting me all these presents. What happened? I just grew up and he stopped. I didn't realize this was part of the deal. You, you're naughty. Well, I guess I yeah, was. you just got naughty. That's right. Um, for me, um, they recently just made um, Kurt Russell Santa Claus in the oh, last yeah. couple of years, and he's one of my favorite guys. So. You know, action Santa. In the Christmas Chronicles In the films? Christmas Chronicles, that's I've right. I've seen one of these at my friend's house. What's the deal with the Christmas Chronicles? It's just it's just a, a, a your, your standard Christmas story where two kids get to help Santa save Christmas, you know? Well, okay, and, there uh, might but, be some but, sort of twist. Or... Uh, the take on it is it's Kurt Russell. Yeah, okay. You know, he's, all... got, he's got great hair, he's got a great beard, and he's an action guy. It's going to appeal to all the dads. We uh, like Kurt I'm Russell. I'm so into it. <laughs> like, I'm here for Christmas Chronicles every year. The Christmas Kurt Russells, they That's should call right. it. That's what we're all turning yeah. up for. He even sings, in, he goes to jail at one point and he sings a rock and roll song and everything. Beautiful. It's awesome. Yeah. Just what we all need. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Why, so that's what that's what Santa did for me. this promotional image of, of him holding a little uh, Elvin and the Chipmunks looking guy look like, El, like, like Ellen from work? Does it, does, oh, yeah, does, I can, can see that. See, can you see that? I have got to. Oh, wait, wait. Did wait you say Alan? Ellen. I suppose I can see that. In, in the eyes? <laughs> see, you see that? that's supposed to be an elf. Alan the elf. <laughs> oh, you mean the elf looks like Alan? No, I mean Santa <laughs> looks... No! Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. I mean... What? It, it, Alan doesn't have a beard. Come on now. It's, I don't know. Or a tiny elf on their shoulder. <laughs> they you should. Haven't, you haven't seen their elf on their shoulder? I mean, I can't say I have. I've been messing out. Wilbur the dog is Alan's elf. Mm, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Alan would make a good Santa Claus, I think. Hey. I've always thought... Hey, hey Simon. Yeah. Do you make a good Santa Claus? I haven't been a great Santa oh. Claus, to be honest. But it is my plan. That's my retirement plan. Huh? <laughs> right? When, once I get like old enough and I'm not animating anymore, I'm going to be a Santa Claus... Uh, in a mall or something. Okay, like. nice. That'd yeah, be mall fun. Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just uh, my line of thought there. The segue there was um, no, I lost it. Never mind. But, <laughs> that um, track's gone off the rails. But, but um, that, that just, Polar I, Express is not reaching I, the station. I was just thinking, you have kids. I do. What What is the experience with kids uh, and Christmas? Um, and okay, so my kids are kind of grown up now, so they're. They, they don't really do Santa Claus anymore. Mm. And and I'll be honest with you, we weren't fantastic um, at, at the secret thing. Mm. Like, as soon as our kids were like, spoilers to any children out there, turn off the podcast, okay? <laughs> I'm just about to just drop a big Christmas bomb. As soon as our kids were like, is there a real thing as Santa Claus? We were like... Nah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, we didn't. We didn't keep that that charade. Going. We we figured that's lying to your children, and we didn't want to do it. We were uh, impressed um, by their intuitive I, natures. I guess because I guess because the second the kid thinks to ask, yeah, they sort of already have an inkling. They're beginning yeah, to suspect. And, and also, it doesn't. It this kind of it's a soft introduction, isn't it? You start to say, well, Santa Claus is more about the magic of Christmas, and all the parents help out. 
you know, he's real in the sense that he's a real character that we all know and like. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but we weren't that big into, um, you know, you know, keeping the shroud up. I did one year remember. Uh, you know, we'd leave the milk out and we'd leave a carrot for the reindeer and, you know, eating, eating a few cookies and leaving bits. Oh, and actually, we also left sparkles around the top of the oh. glass of milk, mm-hmm. you know, to say that, like, he, yeah, he was like, like, sparkly saliva. Lip gloss. <laughs> yeah. You know how Santa does. If you yeah. cut him, he's, it's all sparkles coming out of there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a troll. Yeah, that's when they were real little. Um, yeah, we, I guess we did a few little things that way. Just out of interest, did you, did you tell them about the Easter bunny and the two? I've never ever held up the Easter Bunny okay. charade ever. Who, who cares about that? Um, the Tooth Fairy. My dad was great with the Tooth Fairy, right? When your tooth would fall out, he'd he'd say, "Okay, take the tooth, wrap it up in a piece of paper, put it into an envelope." You would then write your name over the seal in the envelope, seal it with sellotape, and then he'd say, "Now go and hide it somewhere. I don't want to know about it." Mm. And you'd go and hide it. And sure enough, the next day, the the envelope would be there untouched but once you opened it up and took the sellotape off and broke the seal and took the piece of paper out and unwrapped it and inside would be your your money instead of your tooth i don't know how he did it i don't know he never told me well that's that's above and beyond it was pretty like i think i wonder because he'd even say like dad like like like, he i think he was yeah because i don't know how he did it Right, I'm sure he did it. <laughs> right, I'm because pretty sure there wasn't a tooth fairy. Yeah, reasonably sure. Yeah, but that's but, the sort of thing when you're a kid that really um, that seals the belief in because you're like, well, my parents could not have done this. Well, as kids, we were like, come on, how are you doing? Like, it's not, I'm not believing it, tooth fairy. How are you doing this? But like, there was things like when you'd when you'd seal up the envelope, you'd say, now make sure you can still feel your tooth in there, you know, and you could feel a tooth. Like a little small thing, I don't know how he did it. Anyway, he did. Um, but but when it came to um, my kids, I just was not good at the the sort of the the dramatics. Of, they of saw the you magic. following them as they tried to hide their tooth. They're like, "Come I, on now!" I think there was a couple of times we forgot and everything. And it was just <laughs> like, "Oh, um, you just go to the toilet. I think I hear a tooth fairy coming." <laughs> and then you quickly replace it in the morning. That sort of thing. I. I did keep my kids' teeth for a while, and that was kind of weird and gross. Oh, I've, I've got all, my, I've got most oh, of my really? teeth. Have you? Yeah, in a little jar. I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but I like having. That's them. my kind of point. I got to the bit where it was like, what am I going to do with these? I'm going to think of something yet. I've had my baby teeth, my other teeth, my wisdoms recently added to collection, and you know, when I'm nice and old, I'll have the full set. Right. Well, do you know what? I, I, uh, there was the, the Bart Simpson thing. Of the when you shake a can, yeah, yeah. that shaky noise, that's a kid's tooth. I told my kids that was true. Right, right. You guys, you're killing my magic. <laughs> Bryn, Bryn, my did you believe in the tooth fairy? No, I'm sorry. Uh did your did your family um keep up the the idea of Santa for you? Uh oh I don't remember. Okay. I can't I can't say. Then what's the deal? Why do you like the Santa guy so much? I never said I liked him. You don't like Santa? Of course I like Santa. I never said it. Okay. Well, you're saying it now. I'm saying going it now, on the record. loud and proud. He's pretty neat. He's pretty neat? <laughs> He's a good guy. He's a good guy. I mean, I, I do like this kind of stuff. I just wasn't very good at it. I have an affinity for um, things that are just untouched wholesomeness. Mm-hmm. And like... Um, like Josh, you'll roll your eyes, but um, I hear me do it, listener. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's what they sound like now. <laughs> like a bowling ball. My parents were right. You stare at the screen enough, they turn square, and that really hurts to roll them. <laughs> um, but I, I genuinely like Mickey Mouse as a character. He, he just exudes positivity, and um, the, the, and and I get also that Winnie the Pooh thing where they that like Winnie the Pooh got onto. Um, public domain and somebody mm-hmm. immediately made a horror movie out of it listen That's i'm right. with i'm with you on this there are certain films it's usually for me films but yes certain characters that i'm like i just like that they are innocent and nice yeah. and, and santa's one of them and and twisting it to me and making it like dark and gory or what like if santa they, what if they swore drunk to me this is a very first thought worst thought kind of thing it's a mm. very juvenile first instinct it's your first attempt at being edgy. What if I took something that I really liked as a kid and twisted it? Like, I know there's, um, that uh, I hear it on podcasts all the time, people making fun of this idea of like, what if Barney was fucked up? You know, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's pretty trite is yeah. the word I would use. Um, so, but like, you either get, um, edgelord twisted Santa or, or just nothing like, or I, I guess boring regular Santa that's there for like maybe, maybe it's like the mystery of it like you see him on a sleigh go ho 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 and that's the shot that's like the Ed and Eddie Christmas special thing the amount of Christmas specials that end with them going but there's no such thing as a Santa Claus is there <gasps> and they yeah. look up and who's passing over the moon mm, that's right it's the silhouette of the sleigh because like him him as a character there's there's not a whole lot to do with him personality wise right yeah well, I, I gotta well, say that, I mean, that, that's why like in recent years and i think it it might when when i say recent it's probably a long time ago now but um i, I think it started with there was a movie called the guardians or something like oh, that yeah, right and it was rise like of the guardians? rise of the guardians and it had like, like jack a, frost like jack frost a big tough easter bunny and yeah and Santa Claus was a big, tough, burly guy. Speaking of, tumb- of Tumblr sexy men. Oh, my God. We're going through a list, aren't we? Jack Frost was on that list. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's <laughs> okay. tall and thin right. Right. and pale, the Tumblr eats it up for they breakfast. They love it. Yeah. Very good. But, Very yeah, good. I, th- I liked that. Um, and to me, that's when they started, like, Santa changed from kind of the jolly fat guy to this just this huge kind of adventure dude. The tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think they followed it. With the Christmas Chronicles. And also, I only watched this yesterday, but that's not like absolutely new, but he was kind of like that in, in Klaus. Mm, right? He's yeah. kind of a, a big, huge J.K. Simmons voiced tough guy. Absolutely, yeah. I think, I think that's a, um, a characterization lots of movies go for because it's, it's trickier to make just someone who is genuinely just jolly and friendly, super fun to write for or interesting. Not to say it can't be done, but it's more tricky. It's more. My favorite is uh, the DuckTales reboot. They made him, uh, every, there's no humans in that world, so they made him a polar bear. And right. uh, the the fun thing about it was that Scrooge hates uh, Santa. Throughout the entire show, He he uh, there's just a running gag of he, he won't explain why, but he just despises this red Christmas crustacean man. And... And uh, there's there's a um, a, I think I think the reasoning was that he gives things away for free. And right? Bad yeah, yeah. Scrooge, Scrooge would not like that. He's not also, take I that. mean, isn't he named after Ebenezer Scrooge? 
He was. Right, yeah. He definitely was. And that dude did not like Christmas. No. I'm trying to remember. Bryn, you may know, because you know the Duckverse pretty well. Um, obviously, the name Scrooge, Carl uh, Barks, who created the character, definitely came from Ebenezer Scrooge. But um, they didn't actually... Am I right that they didn't actually do an adaption of A Christmas Carol until the 80s animated version, which was well after yeah, the character yeah. had been established in comics? Yeah. Presumably, he was just named Scrooge because he is a very He's rich mean. and kind of... Uh, cheap and miserly sort yeah. of duck right yeah yeah okay. that's exactly right he he was he was basically that character despite not being in christmas yeah outside of christmas yeah. like because scrooge is still around january february march <laughs> april Actually, there's no christmas i think i think he started off with a different sort of personality the duck the ducks okay yeah um i think he was just a, a bitter and frail old man Mm. Um, and then he kind of became the the money centric. Oh, really? That's interesting. And, and also yeah. became more of a um, a globe trotting adventurer, sort yeah, of an elderly yeah. Indiana Jones. Mm. So um, in this new Ducktales reboot, um, new it was twenty sixteen. I know uh, it frightens me that <laughs> that show has been cancelled for many ma- yeah. ended many years ago. Now that can't be true. Um, yeah, they they make. Um, they make Santa, Santa and Scrooge like have this, uh, like Santa's just played completely straight. Is is just like a holly jolly man, is very kind hearted, uh, and wants to give to like the uh, the poor children and stuff. Um, but it's his dynamic with Scrooge, at this like old fuddy duddy who's very practical and. Uh, knows how to get things um uh done in a in an orderly manner and and like like cuz cuz Santa's the dreamer and Scrooge is the like the producer type and so he he makes the he makes Santa's dream come real but then Scrooge wants it for for a profit yeah right and Santa doesn't so that's where they kind of have falling out um and yeah, it's just a, a flipping beautiful relationship, and I adore it. That's my favorite one. That's like, and and that yeah, it, it's played straight. I love that um, that a dynamic like that, that that a personality like that, that untouched wholesomeness, uh, can be uh, still entertaining and not boring. Yeah, yeah. There's a trick to it, isn't there? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I find it difficult to explain exactly why, and this is a little far afield of Christmas, but um, it's hard to explain why uh, Captain America in that first Captain America movie really, really grabbed me as a character. Like, mm. writing your Boy Scout character, Superman is very similar. Writing a character who is genuinely just nice and likes to do things because it's right, that can so easily be corny, it can be dull and uninteresting, and I don't know. It's a it's a tough uh, it's a tough needle to thread. And the same goes for Santa. Mm, mm. Absolutely. I think I, I think I think it's because maybe something uh, philosophical has changed. Um, where back in the old old days, that was a much more idealized uh, sense of self. I guess like mm. like this kind of the the Boy Scout type the. Um, Nowadays, kind of, kind of got like 
poisoned with the edginess and the a little more Monarch. cynical, yeah. Almost Maybe you got let, let down by a few Boy Scouts as well on the yeah. way, you know, and 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 so the 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 luster of of you know a perfect person has kind of worn off, and we realize very few perfect I people think, out there. I think um, I think nowadays people gravitate towards uh, mentally ill characters, right? Flaw people like a flaw yeah, in the character, absolutely. yeah. Um, so. You know, Captain America, for instance, he was supposed to be, like, the greatest American, Mm -hmm. the ideal standard, you know? Well, if you go back and read any of the Captain America comics from before they joined the Avengers, um, I haven't read a lot of them, but they seem pretty pat. It's just super patriotism, Mm -hmm. uh, let's go America. You know, it feels feels like a hero from the era of the Hays Code, where heroes are not allowed to have flaws or show any weakness or anything mm-hmm. like that, and that's that's dull. Yeah, they're they're like, I think I think um, like yeah, even Mickey Mouse has flaws. Even Santa has flaws. Right. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say I've got one character who I think is pure, and I just love him to bits, and yeah. it's Kermit. Oh, oh absolutely! Right? He's just awesome. Like he's well, he never. He, he's hang on. He's also very mentally ill, <laughs> and he does have a little bit of an edge, right? Like, yeah, I. True. Some of my favorite Kermit moments are where he gets he gets frustrated. Yes, that's because right. the thing is, Kermit, um, he's so stressed out. Uh, yeah, he's stressed. <laughs> that's I, right, especially mm-hmm. in the Muppet Show. Like, I, yeah, I, Muppet's going crazy. I kind of tend to dislike it when Kermit is. Um, simply idealized you know i think that's mischaracterizing him as just this lovely sainted mascot who can do no wrong and like the, mm. the character from the show and in the movies he 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 likes the people that he works with and everything but he also gets a little frustrated with him like that's there's just definitely. wonderful moments where you know fozzy will say something kind of spacey out there and Kermit will just go um yeah <laughs> just <laughs> move past it i yeah. love that about him when he when he gets frustrated and starts flailing his arms if you've ever seen any of the clips of um him on sesame street where grover oh, yeah. will come to the door and try to sell him something and eventually kermit just has to scream at him and scream at him just go grover i don't want this yeah, yeah. that's always I, brilliant i was hypnotized with this video in the hospital earlier of just uh it was it was the Muppets uh, like at a Christmas parade or something, um, but the camera person zoomed in on Kermit with a little stitched on hat and his head banging and doing like I saw this. You saw this? I, I don't know. Was it was it? Yeah, I don't know. It was a Christmas special. I didn't recognize the um, the human guest they had with them playing the guitar. Yeah. But whoever it was, they were having so much fun with Kermit uh, dancing along to this beat. Throwing their, whipping their hat around and, and bobbing their head back and forth. And doing like this, like, I don't know what, what to, how to describe the movements. Little cha-cha dance with their hands yeah. going back and forth. It's, it, it's brilliant. And then, and then he like, he like takes a moment where he stops dancing and looks at Fuzzy, uh, who's, who's like oblivious to this. He's, he's just in his own world dancing. And he just, he just like looks at Fuzzy and you can just, like, this is just a, little sock with a christmas hat that's right you can you can feel like such raw emotion (laughs) of just like of just like these are the moves you're you're bringing out (laughs) all right watch this (laughs) right it's time to check this out he's amazingly expressive yeah for a sock (laughs) with like ping pong balls stuck on top of his head but no to to what you're saying um i was i was i think um 
Mickey Mouse is the same. I don't like uh, the uh, sanitized, I guess, business version of of the big M. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like I like. Uh, yeah, he's he's got a lot. Yeah, of he used to be a bit more rough around it's, the edges, but not a- not not just like um, the like black and white days. Like where where he was just a little rapscallion. He was a little rascal. I tell you, everyone loves. Everyone thinks they love Steamboat Willie, but no one watches it past the uh, the lovely scene of him That's bouncing right. a thing, uh, driving the steering the boat and whistling. Mm. Because the rest of that cartoon is just him abusing animals as instruments. Whipping cats <laughs> right. around it's by shocking. the tail, swinging cats around by the tail, uh, squeezing a like a duck as a bagpipe, mm. and the most shocking one of all, he rips these piglets off of their mother's teats and starts yanking them so she'll squeal musically. Mm. It's shocking. Kiss <laughs> okay. mouse is I mean, a menace. Yeah, you can you can see the whipping the cats by the tail because he's a mouse. Mouse wants revenge. But what did a pig ever do to a mouse? <laughs> You know, what did a duck ever do to a mouse? I don't know. Um, and, you know... But even, I, even like, the, the later eras of, of Mickey Mouse, they were, they were, they were very flawed. It was, it was like... Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the one with the whirlwind. He, oh, yeah. It, that's, that whole thing is him trying to... Uh, <laughs> he's trying to get laid, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, they... they the, the writers or animators uh, quickly got cons- found the character quite constraining because quickly he became the mascot of the studio mm. and they found it hard to write, you know, interesting things for the character to do without harming his image as a lovable mascot. Um, lots of animators have pointed out that a lot of cartoons would sort of cheat. They would show you the Mickey Mouse face and all the kids would go, hooray, a Mickey Mouse cartoon. And he's in it for the first couple of minutes, but then oh, very yes. quickly it becomes a Pluto cartoon. Mm. And in those cartoons... A lot of people point out he's kind of a jerk. The amount of times that, like, Pluto is trying to do something, like chase mm. something out of the yard or something, and Mickey misunderstands what's going on and just thinks Pluto is misbehaving. And half his dialogue's just, bad Pluto, bad! And you're like, leave him alone, Mickey. <laughs> I, don't like the, I don't like that mouse. Yeah. If we apply the, the same kind of things that you just said to... To, to Santa. To, to, to old St. Mickey boy. Mm-hmm. Uh... Which were, <laughs> um, like, like people, a, people tend to like a flaw, yeah, uh, but it doesn't. Santa Claus? But it doesn't necessarily have to be I, a okay, inversion. This is, this is my this is my question. How would you write Santa Claus? Obviously, you get Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have seen that coming. Yeah, right. And that's it. You just you, you put him in a Santa Claus suit. You get him to do anything, and it's fantastic. I, I'm talking about how how do you keep this this like mascot figure uh and uh some of the sanitized down portions of of this uh real question mark person sure uh, established no, character. I, mean, I mean like saint yeah. nick as a real saint uh, yeah 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 um, uh, and then i i turned into Santa Claus. i mean it's it's a pretty obvious uh you know looking at someone else's homework but what we were just discussing with um with Kermit the Frog as he's got a pretty pretty full-on operation to run. Sure. I, I think it could be fun to portray the character as, like, he wants to present this, you know, uh, put-together happy image for the kids because he he thinks he, he, he owes that to the kids. He's like, this is what people want to see. But behind the scenes, he's not mean, but you can see that he is put upon, that he's <laughs> a little bit put out and right. stressed with all these, 
you know, slightly hapless elves uh, asking him questions. Um, I've, I've seen quite a few um, takes on the character where he's stressed because what kids want has gotten more complicated. Right. They joke oh, about yes. like, you know, back in the day, all the Christmas cards you would see, it's like, it was real easy to put together a wooden horse or something. Yeah. But now they want, now they want these iPad things. Yeah. Um, that's always fun. Um, I think you can, I think you can give the character some, some, you know, some dy- dynamism, you know, make him interesting for characters to bounce off of without making him, Look at me, I'm edgy Santa. Yeah. Mm, What's mm. his motivation to like give kids presents at all? Why would he want to do that, right? He's nice. He's just being nice. He's just cool like that. I don't know. Come does on, he Simon. does he think Did, that like you um, the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's this guy going hey, into house? I Yeah, I know. He's breaking into houses. I, I guess he sees that the He's looking at children when they're sleeping. <laughs> it's the not the good. world is the world can be a little bit of a grim place and he he likes the idea of bringing uh, a little ch- a little cheer and a little magic into kids' lives. Yeah. I liked um, Can you say that but a little less facetious? This uh <laughs> this Santa guy, he just he just loves the children. <laughs> I have to say I liked the the portrayal of him in Klaus. Yeah, where he's mm. he's he's kind of a it's not grumpy. Quite he, well, he's grumpy and he's a loner. Yeah, and that, that feels until... a lot closer to the the you know real the what do they call it the uh, the mytho historical mm. Saint Nick. Right. The idea right. that we have of that there was a real guy supposedly at one point who went out and gave kids uh, presents. Yeah, and that's sort of what Klaus was at the, at the start. To. I'm not I'm actually not going to talk too much about it because I want to mm. say like folks, if you have not seen Klaus, it's awesome. It's wonderful. Watch it this Christmas. You're going to love it. Um, but he starts off grumpy and loner. That sort of gives it away, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Anybody who's ever seen a movie, the character starts off grumpy and loner. You're never not gonna, grumpy and loner. You're never going to believe where this, uh, where this character arc goes. It's going <laughs> to yeah. surprise you. Um, I really like, I've always um, quite liked the um, portrayal. In, what um, is that noise? Uh, it's just a plane going by. It's a stealth bomber. Oh, you guys can't hear it. There's been so much noise in this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, like the. Because there was a, was there a trill just there. It's the sand. It's a hand. The hand dryer right, has yeah. gone off like sixteen times. It's because we're doing this right after lunch, and everyone's had to go. Oh, that's what it is, right? Yeah. Um, Sorry, I've, I've always been partial to um the Santa from A Nightmare Before Christmas, which you know I don't think quite dips into edgy santa territory because no, you no, see played you, that one straight you see him in the um in his in his santa house yeah uh and he's and he's you know doing his list oh this kid's been nice this kid's been naughty naughty oh nice uh but i like that he's he's a little bit grumpy he he's obviously very put out when he is kidnapped uh by uh jack skellington and these halloween creeps um and you know he's not that happy with um jack skellington at the end because jack skellington goes oh gee i'm sorry it was a mistake to kidnap you after all and he just he grumpily grabs his hat and <laughs> yeah. he goes, i've got to go <laughs> fix right. your mess right. yeah i i i think that to me reminds me of um yeah i i like the idea of santa as a grandpa i um it yeah. feels like a very realistic yeah, actually, grandpa to you're me right my grandpa um keith uh, who I loved. He was my granddad on my mom's side. What I remember about him now, thinking back on it, is that he wasn't the kind of guy who was always happy and always up. Um, you know, there were times when... I don't think that is what uh, untouched wholesomeness should be. No, no. Um, but not always being super um, 
joyous and giggly and happy doesn't mm. mean that you can't be nice. That uh, that goes to I don't know SpongeBob level of where it just becomes annoying. But yes. even SpongeBob has uh, angry moments and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always it's always nice to see that character just have a moment of um, like you know he has his limits. You know he can mm. get he can get uh, pushed too far. But um, yeah, I I like. I like the idea of a Santa who likes kids, uh, likes uh, making them happy, um, but we see that it is not, uh, it's not always easy to do, mm. you know? There are times when um, he makes them happy by giving them a present and going, go enjoy that, Santa's going to have a sit down, you know? <laughs> he's never mean to them, but, uh, you know, he, he he's a real person under there. He's not just a grinning uh, mascot. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there. I I do too. I think I spoke very eloquently. Hey, hey Simon, do you think he hit the nail on the head there? I think the nail has been hit on the head there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I'm trying to think. Well, who's a bad Santa? Mm. You know, who's the, who's been the worst Santa? Like, who's you know, your in... least favorite Santa Ooh. iteration. Well, there, yeah, exactly. Now we do know there is the movie mm. Bad Santa, which uh-huh. is, te- you know, he is the worst Santa. He's horrible. Um. I'm sure there's got to be some horror movie one. Isn't there one that um 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 again that st- fall- Stranger Thing came out with one called um Violent Night. La- it came out last year actually. Oh, and that's with yeah David Harbour. David Harbour, that's uh, it. Stranger Things. When I saw the poster for that, I haven't seen that movie yet. Mm-hmm. But when I saw the poster, it was like because there's been like Silent Night, Deadly Night. There's been yeah. there's been horror movies around Christmas before, but when they just came out with Violent Night, it was like. How did it take so long? <laughs> it was sitting <laughs> right that, there. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if there's a Santa that I really don't like. And to me, it's just the ones that just uh, don't make the character interesting at all. You know, I think that mm. um, the Santa who just rides across uh, the moon saying, ho, 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 Merry mm. Christmas. And that's kind of all he's there to do. If he, The worst thing a character can be is uninteresting. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. That yeah, just just run run off the mill. I, ju- I you know, I did realize what we did with our kids with with Santa Claus because I did have this thing uh, with mall Santa. I don't like fake beard mall Santa. Okay, right, uh, and and especially because I do remember being a kid, um, and I was taken to a really good Santa, uh, and then in, you know a week later t- was brought brought to not a good Santa, and he was like scratching his. His, the back of his head under his hat and you could see he had black hair under oh. there and, and, and he was kind of moving his beard around and you could see it was fake. So I had to think with my kids, um, I only want real beard Santa Claus. Did, did something just say, what is this? I didn't. Not me. Is there a, is there a ghost of Christmas <laughs> past, present, it's or future here? It's the of Christmas it, past. It sounds, no, you know who it is. It's Jack Skellington. What's this? What's, What's this? this? There's <laughs> in the air. He's listening to our podcast and learning about Christmas. Oh, well, this is nice. That's nice. Yes, Hi, Jack. Yeah. yeah. Go back to Halloween. Yeah. It's better. But, okay, so what we did was with the... Re- we, I found a real beard Santa Claus, and every year I took my kids back to the exact same guy so that it would look like in the photo because you get a photograph taken mm, mm. and so in every photograph you see my kids grow up but it's the same mall oh. santa claus each time and he was awesome as well he was really nice and um, he didn't give a present or anything like that he just sat down he talked Is to the he kids supposed to? Well, that, when i was santa? a kid yeah i would get it wow, i would get a present mall santa's not talk i've never 
ever gone to a mall Santa. Oh, really? See, yeah. that is actually a, ni- a a happy memory that I have of visiting the mall Santa. I loved it because you're, you're real excited. You sit on his knee. He asks you what you'd like for Christmas. Have you been good and all this? It's a very it's very exciting. It's like meeting a it's, mascot. It's like meeting park. Mickey Mouse. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because uh-huh. when you're a kid, you're like, okay gotta be on my best behavior here (laughs) you know because he's really watching (laughs) yeah 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 need to impress him that's right i i i do have an answer i'm ready um i hate the whitcalls santa oh no right the big creepy one with the finger oh oh, him i kind of love him See, I like him because <laughs> yeah. he's, he's so awful. Yeah. His bizarre wall-eyed expression, his weird mouth, and the crooking finger. Yeah. Like Ugh. again, it's Ugh. just it's a it's from Gross. a different time when um uh our idea of innocence uh was different, you know? Now uh, non Aucklanders don't know what we're talking about. I guess here. I guess not. We're talking about what is he, twenty foot tall? Something like that. He's like, big. Like a 20-foot-tall um, fiberglass sa- like statue of Santa Claus that they stick up on the building of Whitcalls every December mm-hmm. in, and uh, in every, Auckland. And also every December, there's the annual tradition of, uh, we're not going to do it this That's year. That's right. Yeah. And everybody getting outraged. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah save in. Santa Claus. I save the Whitcalls. Whitcalls Santa would Claus. probably love to retire this thing. I think he's not there this year. I think I I'm been... not even sure if Whitcalls is there anymore. We've had COVID. You know, you, things have changed. You never know. Yeah. Mm. He's got to be somewhere. What do you do with him? I have no idea. He's out there. He, <laughs> he's out there. Cooking. He's, he's somewhere. Like, you know what? If they made if they made a, uh, a Ghostbuster-style film here, that would be the thing stomping and romping down the city street. <laughs> this is what I have. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. <laughs> On my Instagram, I've got a picture of the Ghostbusters actually fighting the Whitcalls Santa Claus. Wow. Perfect. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Santa design? You know what? I, I really like um, the pre-Coca-Cola Santas. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, a lot of what my nana actually decorates her house with are green coat Santas. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and this is interesting. This is like when you see merchandise of like Bart and his blue shirt. You know, yeah. Just like, this is an interesting variant that we don't yeah. see as much. But it's like a dark velvet green. I just really like that compared to um, a bright primary paint <laughs> red. Well, and also it's like clearly a mascot for Coke. Oh yeah, isn't it the the Coca Cola mascot red? Yeah, I, I, I have to say I, I do enjoy the very uh, Norman Rockwell esque paintings yeah. that they yeah. that Coke did bring out. That's that right, established oh, in yeah. everyone's mind. This, this is Santa. what Santa looks like. I agree. That's like. When I see those, it's like it's like I'm looking at a photo of Santa. It's yeah. one, they're wonderful. They're, I think my favorite Christmassy thing is like 1950s America, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you want to make me feel Christmassy, that's where you go. Like I'm, I, you know, Ella Fitzgerald, you know that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, rocking around the Christmas tree. Mm. That's I like, the, that's I like what I like. To old warbly Christmas songs right? from that era, because yeah. I think and that's the era that everyone romanticizes. I think so, and that's Christmas. the that's the Norman Rockwell Coca Cola Santa Claus. I love him, um, but I do, I see what he's kind of. I see where he very comes the, from. The green Santa is more of a bridge between the um, the the Santa of of yore yeah. and the um, and the established you know official santa i'm gonna be honest george you you when you said your and you pointed to me oh you thought you thought i meant y-o-u-r like yeah, I, was like, I was just i was just making a goof on that 
Okay, I'm sorry. I, I did not <laughs> hear that. It's going over my head. I may be ageless now because of the Christmas wish, but That's true. I, nice. I did not grow up with uh, with the Saint Nicholas. <laughs> with with green Santa yeah. from, your, from your grandmother's house. No, they were just fun little statues. Mm. I like it. Mm. Um, I'm looking at pictures of um, the, uh, the Santa from um, the Rudolph uh, special. He's quite cute with his little dot eyes. Oh, the the Rankin-Bass. Uh, Rankin-Bass. That's yes. one. Yeah. <laughs> and tell you what, I've never seen it, but I love... If, I, I, I always think about it at this time of year. Um, I don't know which special it's from. Maybe it's called The Year Without a Christmas. I could have that wrong. But the Snow Miser and the Heat Miser. Hmm. Now, those are two fun mascots that I love. Are oh, you yeah. not familiar with no, these? No, I don't um, know these. These guys have a, have a real fun song that they sing. It's the same song, but one is about how they love... Uh, a cold Christmas, and then the heat miser sings about how he loves uh, hot Christmas. I gotcha. And I think it's perfect, particularly maybe for us in New Zealand, because yeah. we have the dichotomy of all the imagery is of a cold Christmas that we don't really experience, and our own sweltering, uh, summery Christmas. Yeah. But you've got to you've got to look up the song. It's I will. So good. This is going to be great for me because um, I'm a real cold Christmas sort of meanie mm-hmm. you know i refuse even though i've had about 15 hot christmases um, and i've enjoyed them all yeah <laughs> you know i'm like i refuse to like this hot christmas malarkey that's going along i'm miser. a snow miser, You're a snow miser? yeah yeah i like those i like those guys i like I, you know what i like it when people come up with um a christmas character or icon Aside from Santa, I yeah. like when they get funky with it. Come yeah, up with yeah. Their own, their what, own. What's your, what's your favorite obscure uh, Christmas mascot? Oh, geez. No. Oh, uh, do you know what? One of my most favorite obscure Christmas images is John McClane in the uh, in the ventilation shaft with the he's um he's got a, a like a Zippo right and he's right. lighting and he's kind of going come out to the coast we'll have a few laughs. <laughs> you know? Um. And, um, and someone made it into a into a Christmas decoration. It looked really great. <laughs> my uh, my current fixation, uh, Clone High, has their own uh, holiday because they're in this bizarre government run town where they're performing this experiment of putting clones of historical figures through school. Uh, they decided to abolish all uh, denominational holidays. And uh, their uh, secular holiday icon is Snowflake Jake. <laughs> and he's a pirate. And everyone gets given spices on Christmas. Kids will come <laughs> okay. and demand cumin and cinnamon. Uh, and he fires spices at people's houses from his um, his pirate ship instead of a sleigh. <laughs> it's just so bizarre and out there. And they even have a really cute um, stop motion segment where Santa is making... Um, it's Santa... And uh, Dreidelstein, <laughs> I don't know, someone else, walk the plank. And his, um, his line is, uh, remember, specificity be the enemy of unity. <laughs> it just that's, makes, that's pretty good. I, I like it. I like a good secular holiday mascot. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. And I know that um, Futurama, um, they have a... The uh, robot. They have the robot Santa, which oh, is yes. a little bit leaning into evil Santa, but um, it's still a cute idea um, that they built a robot Santa to deliver presents, to actually act as a real Santa, but something went wrong, and now uh, his software decides that everyone is naughty, uh, and he uh, everyone shelters in their homes uh, during Christmas. Um, that's neat. That's um, good, And yeah. they did a really neat um, Christmas special just this year, the brand new season that they've done uh, on Hulu or it's Disney Plus over here, where um, 
they're trying to go back in time to um to stop santa robot from becoming evil and you know how it goes with time travel shenanigans uh the the gist is they accidentally uh kill robot santa and they're trying to cover up this crime uh but when they return to the present someone's leaving them notes saying i know what you did last xmas I, it was oh a, yeah that's good it was yeah. a real clever that's fun good. little time travel story yeah. that they did this year so i i think i think futurama does better uh more inventive stuff with christmas than say the simpsons right their first episode was a christmas special it's fine for what it is and a few years later they did the one where um where Bart shoplifts on Christmas, oh. uh, which is nice, but it's a little more maudlin uh, than I usually like from The Simpsons. Um, Do you guys remember Lilo and Stitch, the series? I remember it. I remember. Did you watch it? No. I, I watched it a little it. bit. The idea, it was it was a little bit Disney wanting to get in on the Pokemon craze, right? Where oh, for sure. Every week, because Stitch Sti- is Experiment 626, yeah. every week they're tracking down um, a different experiment uh, that's, you know, that's got some special power and is mucking things up on earth. So, so one of those, um, one of those, they're, they're Stitch's cousins. Um, so one of Stitch's cousins is, uh, this like alien, uh, starfish looking thing. And, um, uh, the, the goal of each episode, just like, uh, how Stitch became like, Stitch started off evil and then uh through the power of love and and purpose and whatever he he gained a greater understanding and and whatnot with Lilo. Uh, so that's what Lilo and Stitch are trying to do in the series. They're trying to get uh the one true place where all of uh Stitch's cousins belong. Um there's this so this guy Topper is oh, his wow. name. Yeah. Okay, his name's Topper. His yeah. name's Topper. And get this, he goes on the top of Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. okay. I, that's yeah. why he's a star his, shape. Yeah. That's his one true place. <laughs> Just sitting on top of a tree. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, when I saw this as a kid, I was like, how, what does he do the rest of the year? He sits in a box <laughs> and gathers dust, <laughs> I guess. His whole power is to glow, I think. Um, Wow, he must like really love Christmas, right? Because he has got nothing to do for the rest of the year. Old Topper. Yeah, really. Um, He's designed to give off a bright light with which to pose as an invasion signaling beacon to uh, to the galactic armada. His one true place is on top of a Christmas tree. What a character. <laughs> he, he, was, he was the creation of an evil genius to just kind of blink a they light. Made, he, made, he made a living beacon, basically. Yeah. I think they're being liberal with the term genius there. Though, yeah. <laughs> I mean, could you create a living flashlight? I don't know. That's true, I couldn't. But would, would it be like one that just lives on a tree that's only out for We're one so busy asking if you could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was just thinking, South Park has, a, has their own Christmas mascot, Mr. Hanky. Uh, oh, yeah. oh the, yeah, he's the yeah. Christmas poo. That's um, right. One of my favorite ones that they did was called Mr. Hanky's Christmas Classics, and it's um, it is like you know how they would do these Christmas specials back in the day, where it's just kind of a bunch of sketches and songs. It's just Mr. Hanky sitting in front of a fire, uh, introducing different songs. And Matt and Trey love uh, the creators of South Park. They love their songs, mm. and 
I'm fairly certain that I'm right about this. They, um, yeah, they they teamed up with Mark Scheiman, who wrote the songs for South Park, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing songs. One of the best movie musical soundtracks that there is. And they said, let's do another, let's do another album. And they decided to make it all Christmas. All the songs are really fun. They, they write a uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer style song from Mr. Hankey. I love uh, Satan's uh, song Christmas Time in Hell. It's very oh, funny and really yeah. upbeat and catchy. It really does get me in the spirit, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a wonderful little special that doesn't have a story, but it's, it's warm and cozy, but with enough, you know, uh, jokes and edge that I, I, yeah. I still get to chuckle. Hmm. I, I guess okay. South Park are kind of good at always turning it around in, into a moral at the end, aren't they? They they like they're disgraceful for like twenty five minutes, and then there's five minutes you know, of like I, I feeling good. Today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and, and Christmas kind of works well that way, doesn't it? Well, this has been a, this has been a real all over the map kind of Christmas discussion. Us trying to pull Christmas memories out of uh, <laughs> yeah. out of thin air. Well, that's what Christmas is. Like the one thing that I do love about Christmas is when you take the decorations out. And my decorations are a collection of things that we got over the years. They don't match, um, but they do all have a little meaning. And when you take one mm. out, it's like, oh, remember this? Well, the kids are like, remember this? I'm like, God, we're taking these out already. You know, it just seems like I just put them away. But so this is our little Christmas decoration of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you got your Christmas tree up? My Christmas tree. I, I like your flat or uh, there's there's no room for christmas tree in our flat so uh that'll be the end of the podcast <laughs> um i'll i wish everybody here a merry christmas please ignore the the screams and off care <laughs> yeah a lot of drilling and uh noises yeah. and all sorts of stuff airplanes going on. airplanes, airplanes. Goddamn airplanes we persevered and we we delivered a christmas podcast as we must thanks thanks Brent, for coming in yeah you're welcome. We'll Here see I you go. next year, Christmas break. Here I go. Oh, oh, there it goes. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. I'll miss you most of all, Christmas break. Look, there they go across the moon. <laughs> <laughs>well here we are simon uh it's now time for you and me to look back at not the the year of the studio or uh the end of year christmas season but look back at a, another year of podcasting yes that's right another second year of podcast second year here we are fair to say done already yeah. i i actually counted uh this year we did 18 uh full episodes of the podcast that's great pretty good yeah, yeah. two thousand hours created according to our uh, spotify wrapped for the podcast wow. it's a lot of listening wow. it's a lot of us That's talking a, yeah yeah oh well this is the noise of us patting ourselves on the back what is the sound of one man yeah. patting himself on the <laughs> yeah. back you're listening 2, to it Two thousand hours of recorded talking that's great that's pretty good yeah um i was listening to last year's wrap-up podcast and uh it was interesting uh hearing the mucks talk about um the fact that uh Last year we did more service work than original work, right? And we're um, pretty. It's nice that uh, we can say that this year there's been a, there's been a change. This year we've had more of a balance at least. That's right. That's we've done a handful of um, original muck putty stuff and jumping into bad jelly. That's that gave the year a nice balance feeling. Oh, for sure. Well, definitely the bad jelly stuff, mm-hmm. and and also the yeah. Um, we, I guess we'll get on to, to bad jelly stuff, but the the non-service the service work was fine. Yep, we enjoyed it as always. We're very grateful. The non-service work was, of course, the we talked to Tim about it. It mm-hmm. was the night eyes. Yep, and 
What a fantastic show. Yeah, and that led us to record a really nice episode of the pod uh, chatting with uh, the mucks about the creation of that series. That's right. Which I'm sure will be of interest to uh, the people outside the studio who really enjoyed uh, the show and wanted to learn a little bit about uh, how it all came about. Yeah, yeah. Well, the show's out there now. It's there to be watched. I'm sure people are watching it. It is all out on YouTube. When you've watched it, come back and listen to the mucks talk about night eyes podcast it's a lovely supplement really to good. the series yeah and uh thanks as always to the mucks for making themselves so available to come and chat with us absolutely yeah yeah it's always good to chat to them um uh i was listening to a few a few favorites uh through over the year um our project Naught episode uh, was yeah. not only did i really enjoy doing it but it was very highly rated i think yeah. uh chelsea's got a dedicated listenership and they they showed up to hear us chat good for them speaking um, of supplements i mean this is you know once you've read the book uh hearing the author go not quite page by page but through the whole story as we discuss all the creative choices both visually and storytelling wise 100 percent. Uh, it was a real treat oh was, and we're gonna that, need to do that with more um more books and projects that have been made. really do i mean the thing is we're, we were so fortunate to have chelsea here to know chelsea as we do mm-hmm. um uh, that and, and and chelsea to know us and and she could come in and be totally candid mm-hmm. and tell us everything this was the thing that really amazed me was how honest she was about the process of you know putting together a book of this magnitude mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a big book yeah uh, a lot of drawings and and she wrote and did the drawings herself and that candidness can be a rarity you know in an industry where well, everyone wants to glad hand and just say everything was great all the you time you kind of have to be careful and protect yourself yep. whereas uh, not that chelsea said anything you know outrageous i don't think but, so but, they just um, used their i statements and said here's here's how it felt here's what it was like there were definitely challenges. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, wonderful podcast. I, I felt really lucky to be in the room for that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. let alone it being our podcast. As I said, just as a someone who read and enjoyed the graphic novel, I was excited to have all these questions answered by the author illustrator. Absolutely, and here's the other great thing: I've been um, um, recommending that book to uh, other parents um, of people with queer kids, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and once they, I'm. You know, it's a plan when they get back on to me and say, oh, thanks for the recommendation. We love the book, as they will. Mm-hmm. I will then be able to point them to the podcast. True. And say, well, if you want to know more, there's more Chelsea here. You've got to be in that podcasting mindset, recommending it at every every possible turn. That's right. And oh, uh, a really good uh, stocking stuffer. If you have, um, you know, uh, a young person in your life, queer or not, I think it's just a great, oh, absolutely, a yeah. great read that uh, that uh, young folk will enjoy, or even adults if you're partial to a good graphic novel. But this is it. I'm a grown up. Yeah, I thought it was great. Me too. Yeah, uh, and also. Uh, just wanted to also point out thanks to matt matt always has great insights and he joined us on that episode just to um add his usual um uh positive take on things his encouragement his kind words called him a a professional um complimenter or something like that that's about right um we also had some uh, some excellent guests from outside the studio this year. Yeah, uh, I was really glad that uh, Stacy decided to uh, come back and chat with us. Oh, uh, yes. Stacy Eberschlag of Tomb Boom, that's who, correct. Uh, oversaw the training um, that we did uh, to learn to learn Tomb Boom, and just had uh, a real fascinating uh, career. Um, 
one of those sort of, you know, uh, one of these people who just, not to say that uh, there was no hard work involved, but just sounds like they just had so much great fortune in their uh, in their career. Well, I mean, Stacy, also great to talk to Stacy one on one outside the classroom sort of environment. Um, but also just great to go beyond the Toon Boom training with Stacy. Uh, six months out of graduation from Animation College, he is MTV. You know, and so uh, you know, MTV knocking on his door, asking to to you know take his final film, finish it, buy it from him. You know, mm-hmm. this is and he's just a young guy at this point. I know. We uh, should all be so lucky. W- once that happens, uh, there was another another company wanted him to direct Hose Hounds, right? And were willing to sort of you know pay for his film to be finished as well. Yeah. So you know, six months out of college, and you've got two companies fighting for you. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And it's always nice to hear from someone who's uh, been working in the animation industry for, you know, the better part of their uh, of their career and are still enjoying it. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I remember when I graduated anim- animation college, they found this dude who, in my memory, he looked and sounded like Droopy. <laughs> he just sounded so beaten down yeah, and yeah. unhappy with everything that it's refreshing to uh, hear from someone who's who's still really uh, keen about it. Well, yeah. Um, and, and actually, um, I kind of reached a point that Stacy talked about um, in his podcast where he had done all this stuff, you know, he you know, project managed and, and directed and, you know, you know, made episodes and episodes or something. But now he just wants to sit down and animate. Mm-hmm. And I kind of reached that point as well where I, I asked myself, what do I like most about this? And it's animating. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love to do. And it was real kind of refreshing to hear another, because me and Stacey are close in age. Mm-hmm. So to hear another person close to my age sort of say, yeah, I'm just going to do this small little part of it for a while because that's what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I w- it's it's yeah that's the fun part yeah um i'm i'm turning 30 this year you know at, at the end of the day it's just another birthday but you know you do tend to pause and think and go well here's the third decade coming up right and yeah i'm beginning to beginning to think about what what's my next what's my next move because I've, yeah. I've been doing animation here at muck putty and i've ticked off so many things that i've always wanted to do i've animated for tv shows short films movies I've done voices. I've started writing. Well, I, and also I think um, what's great is is that you you did sort of you've had uh, quite good success with your writing. Uh, mm. A lot of people talk about your episode of of Night Eyes. Uh, that's got to feel good because yeah, keep, keep exploring. Yeah, you know that's what I would say. Uh, and I also got um, I won't I won't read it aloud, but I did get some correspondence from Stacy and. Like most of our guests, they were a little nervous about coming on the podcast. They said they'd never done it before or even listened to a podcast before. That's right. But you wouldn't know from listening because no. once they started talking and sharing their stories, they were natural. And they Very even natural. said in their in their uh, email, they said they listened back to the episode and they thought uh, maybe they were extra peppy that day because they thought they were talking really well and with oh, a fantastic. lot of energy. So oh, that's I'm, great to hear. It's nice to know that they, they liked what they heard from their yeah, episode as well. That, that's great to hear. Because uh, we did take our big break. We took our break after the Stacy episode, and I was wondered, I feared that Stacy didn't know why we took a break. Right. So we just did his episode, and then that's it. We're out. <laughs> yeah, we've had enough of this. Yeah. <laughs> Not the case. Um, we also um, also wanted to give a shout out to uh, to Rob Rob to, Hartley. That's right. Another brilliant episode um, with our our friend of the studio. Um, probably the dungeon master that hosts for most of the people here most often and a very busy and interesting uh guy and another brilliant episode where 
you have a guest on and they just kind of go. They've That's got right. plenty oh, to share. You could tell that Rob was comfortable mm-hmm. in, in this space. Yeah. You know, he's, he's Well, yeah, he he talks on his live streams and whatnot. So he was he was absolutely ready for this. Yeah. And uh it was great because you didn't know a heck of a lot about uh, Dungeons really and not. Dragons. Yeah. So it made for great listening. Listening back to it, you know, uh just recently for this podcast. Uh you're asking all the questions that someone who doesn't know Dungeons and Dragons would want answered. And and Rob knows how to answer yeah, those boy, questions. Boy, he, does must, he. he must encounter people all the time who go, Dungeons and what now? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that was the thing. I wanted to make sure that it wasn't a case of um, that I was asking stupid questions because I wanted it still to be fun for people who do know John Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think Rob was quite good, and he talked a little bit about it in the podcast. There's always going to be newcomers, and there's always going to be experienced people, and he just seemed to be able to like balance the difference between you and me. Mm-hmm. You know, the newbie and, and the more seasoned sure. uh, gamer. Uh, is that what you call uh, Dungeons & Dragons yeah. players? Gamers? We are, we're playing a game. Yeah. I don't think there's a, a term for it. Dun- Dungeoneers. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, good It was good to finally get Dane on. At the start of the year, Very we, start. Got, we got Dane on. Uh, and as we said, Dane is the guy who wrote our theme tune. Yeah. And our Christmas song that we talked about. Uh, the variations thereupon, and they're all uh, awesome. Yeah. I love listening to yeah. them. Uh, and just a fascinating chat. Um, I, I, be, I haven't gone back and re-listened to every one of these, but suffice to say, uh, a huge thank you to all the guests that we've had this year. 100%, yeah. Everyone's always good. We, we never oh, have... I, a- I have enjoyed every single episode. Yeah. Um, and I always feel so uh, fortunate that people come in and you know are so open and chit-chat mm-hmm. with us like that. It's wonderful. Um, and Dane was super. Dane is such a sweet guy. Yeah. Uh, as well as being super talented. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he was a wonderful guest. He's also had a great career and plenty to plenty to talk about. Oh yeah, for sure. From yeah. his from his short films to the his music, his music, yeah. his album that he just put out. That's right. Uh, super Golly Hedron Land. Well done. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah that's right. I, I, I yeah, I want to, I want to. Um, I have projects that need music, and I'm going to be reaching out to Dane yeah. at some point in the future because everything I hear that he does, I'm just blown away by. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Uh, I'm just looking at all the people that have given us their time. Uh, I was just thinking it's it's probably a dead heat now between Sikowski, uh, Bryn, and Matt, Matt yeah, as, our, yeah. as our most regular guests. That's true, yeah. Bryn, Bryn and... Um, Bryn and Matt are often sort of surrogate hosts. That's right. That's when we just right. need an extra hand yeah. uh, on, on deck, they're always willing and available and always asking real good questions. They could they could do this very know, easily. Right? Yeah, we didn't need to take a break. We actually should have just handed the reins That's over. That's true. That's but true. We weren't prepared for it. That's okay. Um, yeah, no, it was... Uh, having Keppel on. Yeah. I, was, I loved getting Keppel in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so funny. It's yeah. so interesting. And... Oh, like I just feel that like animation is in his DNA. Like he seemed to have a hunger, yeah. you know, from you know, as soon as he could hold a pen, he wanted to make it move. Mm-hmm. Well, as soon as he could hold a pen, he wanted to, you know, play with a computer. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he could play with a computer, he he wanted to make pictures move. And uh, yeah, like this is why he's such an amazing, strong animator. Yeah, uh, he just today uh, showed us uh, his new Simpsons. Uh, he calls it a fanfic, but it's just sort of like a, a what if um, scenario, and it's beautifully animated. Uh, you know, it looks nicer than the show. Oh hell yeah, yeah! <laughs> the characters are, are not—they're not like the same as the Simpsons model. But yeah. you know who's who. You oh, can tell who's who. They're, they're in his own style, which is so in nice his own to style. see. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Super so, funny. Is that out? It's out. It's on YouTube. And it's called. 
uh, the Troil of the Century, right, I right, believe. It's right, about Troy yeah, McClure. Yeah, yeah. So seriously funny. Extra funny if you're a Simpsons fan, but beautiful to look at and funny regardless. Well, I, like at best, I'm a casual Simpsons fan, yeah. and um, I knew who all the characters were. I got so many of the in-jokes, mm-hmm. and I just have to say, the references to Sequest DSV, <laughs> man, that just got me in a special place in my heart. Yeah. I just loved that so much. Absolutely. So make sure you um, check that out it's on so YouTube. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, Josh Nelson uh, was a was um, a wonderful guest. It was nice to get some new people. We even this did a whole it. episode with uh, Del, Daisy, and Polly. Yeah. Because uh, we we just wanted to if we, if we waited until everyone was available to do an individual episode, it would be too long. I feel between them joining and us chatting with them. It was a real nice thing. Uh, I, I liked that format of of just three different people getting mm-hmm. a, a, a shorter section each. Um, because we really kind of could get right to the point of it real quick. Yep. Um, we heard from Polly, who, uh, you know, an early sort of champion for uh, Bad Jelly. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a part of, um, it was a fund um, that the, uh, you know, the film, uh, the film commission had called the pr- a premium fund, it was called, and, and Bad Jelly w- wanted to apply for that. And I heard that they weren't accepting animation for that. Yeah, right, it right. Was, it was um, it was just documentaries and live action, and it was actually the mucks uh, campaigned to allow animation to be part of that fund. Mm-hmm. And when Polly, who wasn't part of us at all and in no way affiliated with us at all, came across our Bad Jelly um, pitch so far, uh, thought it was perfect for the fund. And and then and then that that so I guess the fund was passed on and she moved on. But then after the point after the fact, she came back. Um, and and got was able to get involved yeah. with with their uh, bad jelly so like early champion for for our cause which is fantastic it's what it's ideally the people you want to be working with is people who really believe in what well, you do how about that for an endorsement if someone liked your idea so much that they wanted to actually become part of it mm-hmm. it's fantastic so it was wonderful to talk to Polly um, also wanted to spotlight our chat with uh, Kale DeWild and uh, uh, with Kale and Jen. Yeah. Which was so much fun. Um, oh my God, that was fun. Part of what was great about it is that Kale uh, came and catered to our interests. <laughs> rather right. than the typical uh, uh, way of us doing our research to find out what they do. Though we did have a good chat about uh, all the work and comics and characters that uh, that those two have created. But the, the, the game that they bought for us to play, um, identifying um, popular fanfiction tropes in Star Trek know, was right? so much fun. It really was. And doesn't it feel good to have your the useless knowledge about a TV show <laughs> rattling around in I your know. head? You get to use it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it makes you feel smart. It does. You're not really smart. You're <laughs> yeah. just remembering TV. TV but yeah. it's a good feeling. And just really a lot is. of fun and a lot of laughs. It was. It was great fun. Um, also, speaking of Star Trek, I have to say, as self-indulgent as it was... Boy, did I have fun with our Star Trek How, special this I'm year. I'm not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's our podcast. We could do that. And, you know, why, why should we be? Yeah. You know, I, the the people in studio who I've talked to um, who are regular listeners say, you know, they haven't watched Star Trek, but they like listening to us talk about it. I guess it's nice to hear someone who's passionate about something. I think so. Well, I've always said that my favorite uh, critics, you know, um, more than people who are funny about things that they don't like are people who are enthusiastic and able to talk about the things that they do like absolutely yeah. and hopefully yeah. hopefully we're that i was listening to back to i listened to the one about the movies where we were ranking all the movies yeah and i am pretty um i don't know i sound very like 
weirdly authoritative about this subject. The amount of times that yeah. I go, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I made a very detailed list of all my reasons for why I like them Star Treks. I remember that our movie list was actually identical except for the fact that I wanted to see the motion picture yes, most of all. You wanted to watch it again. <laughs> and it just set everything off by one. Off by one. Yeah. We, had a, we had one or two that lined up. Right. But boy, what fun. And I still haven't seen that motion picture yet. You haven't. No, it's the well, remake. It's or it's the reissue of the motion picture. Right, right, right. right. So uh, I still want to. Well, see you've that. you've been busy, and um, this this year, uh, one thing listening to the podcast from wrapping up last year is that last year we were absolutely diligent about every week, uh, every every fortnight we released an episode, and I was very proud of that for that year. Now this is the second year yep. we've settled into our routine a little bit, and. Uh, particularly at this back half of the year, uh, we've, we've missed uh, more than a few weeks. Yeah. In fact, we released a little statement saying we're going on a break for a few weeks because uh, life threw us some curveballs. Sure did, yeah. Uh, and we, we were not able to uh, release ones. But uh, as said, we've got a bunch of them. Uh, we've got three really great episodes with uh, friends of ours from the studio that are going to be out I'm going to say they're going to be the first ones that will be released next year. Yeah. And that'll give us a little break from recording to get uh, uh, situated and ready uh, in Bad Jelly well, that's as a project. The, 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 the end, this uh, back end of this year has been eventful. Um, and we did record episodes sort of in, in preparation. And it just didn't go the way we wanted to go. But I want those guests to know because mm-hmm. they're probably sitting there going, hey, where's my episode? I've, reach, I've reached it's out to happen. them. I've, oh, I've let them know in person. We didn't forget to post your episode. Uh, we, we had to take a break for a few weeks. And then as the year has been wrapping up, Life gets busy the closer it gets to That's the end it. of the year. That's you know it. how it is. I, I call it the big wind up before the wind down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. and, and like I said, last year we proved we uh, if everything goes smoothly, we can absolutely put one out every fortnight. And actually, it was qu- kind of nice that a few people reached out and said, hey, where is the muck pod? You know, Sweet. It's nice to know that people were waiting for yeah, it. We're not just shouting into a cave. <laughs> I was kind of under the impression like, eh, people aren't going to notice. Yeah. But uh, a couple yeah. people did, which was very nice. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll continue to strive to be as diligent as possible. Uh, Absolutely. Within, within reason. I think um, once Bad Jelly kind of um, hits its rhythm. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be, it'll be much easier for us to keep our rhythm going mm-hmm. of the podcast so yeah. absolutely so some great chit chats coming up though so look forward to them in the new year yep and and some ambitious plans for uh for what we're going to talk about next year we've discussed um a little bit off mic and i'm excited to excited for 2024 that's next year right yep. yeah i'm excited for 2024 um so uh i was gonna ask you do you have do you have any plans for the break is um, it a, are you in auckland this this christmas i actually really like auckland yeah. Uh, um, for the Christmas break, uh, it tends to empty out. Mm-hmm. And where I live in Devonport, it's kind of a holiday destination anyway. Yeah. Um, it's a very beachy area. It's got beaches. It's got nice restaurants. Mm-hmm. We have this thing in our family where if all four of us go on a holiday, something has gone wrong every single time. Mm-hmm. So we tend not to do it. Right. Three of us can go. It turns out fine. But if four of us goes, it uh, every time doesn't mm-hmm. go right. So, yeah, we like to stick around Auckland. Yeah, fair. I've talked to yeah. quite a few people who are staying in Auckland uh, this year. And like you say, it's always nice when, when, it, uh, when it empties out. 
It's, you know, you can nip into the city in like 15 minutes. That's it's right. incredible. That's right. It's just a nice change of break, uh, change of pace from the uh, the rush hour traffic that we, you deal with the rest of the year. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'll be in Auckland, sort of. I'll be in the greater Auckland area. I'm house sitting for um, guest of the podcast, uh, Chris McGurin. I'll be looking after his cats. That's right. I'm really looking forward to two uh, very restful weeks working on my own projects with no specific deadline. Oh, good, good. Just having that time to myself. Because as I say, I kind of already had... I had a big holiday. Right, exactly. I was, I was yeah, away for seven weeks wow. in Europe and the UK. So you're, you're getting no complaints from me uh, that we've got, um, you know, uh, two weeks two weeks holiday. Yeah, Some people don't yeah. even get that. So yeah. another break is a luxury. Well, two weeks is a good amount of time to sort Decompress. of, like you say, you have a project, you know, you can make a good dent in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking I might dismantle one of my bikes and put it back together just to see... Can I do that? Right, right. And that'll take me two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Last, uh, um, this but, year was a good year. Uh, a little more, a little more spotty with when we were posting, but the yeah. quality of the episodes that we were getting out, I was uh, delighted with. I listened back to a bunch of episodes yeah. for it, just in preparation for this so mm-hmm. I could talk a little bit. Because you do forget. Yeah. You know, and I was very happy with, you know how the podcast has gone i think mm-hmm. it sounds great and i'm glad to hear that people are enjoying it yep we've got uh we've got the studio has expanded once again so we literally have more people to talk to in addition to the folks who that's haven't true, been on the actually. show yet yeah 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 that's the nice thing having this podcast attached to a studio we kind of get guests on tap yeah yeah so it's, it's kind of an yeah it's kind of an um you know a slightly automatic uh way of getting to know people that's right you know, it is a more yeah. formalized way of doing it it's yeah. like come and speak to us for a couple of hours <laughs> about right. the stuff that you like yeah um and we're of course going to be talking as much as we can about uh bad jelly uh as it as it uh continues into next year when we're really in the thick of it yeah that's going to be an exciting an exciting journey to document in real time and i think wasn't that kind of one of the initial sort of reasons for the podcast was so we could i think specifically talk about bad jelly maybe maybe because um, they have been talking about making bad jelly for a long time and we wanted to sort of reach out to an audience yep. and let them know mm-hmm. that this is coming down the line yeah anything we can do really to draw more attention to the studio and what we do um yeah is because it takes so long good. to make a cartoon yeah, and, really. And and not, you know, you watch it once and it's done mm-hmm. real quick. And we're like, well, that was like a year of our life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's kind of been good to show how much goes in on behind the scenes to make a show. And I think that like Bad Jelly uh, listeners, this is going to be a good one to connect with on this podcast because we're going to talk about it because it's big in our lives. It's the biggest show I've ever worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, it's the, a project I'm most excited about. And we're going to talk about it a lot. And then when we're finished talking about it, it's going to be out there. Yeah, yeah. People can watch it. We, we hope we're getting you uh, excited for this uh, this landmark series in New Zealand animation. Yeah. And I'm sure that we're going to get a lot of uh, guests from outside the studio in the year to come. Because I think we've we've only uh, done more as as with each year we do more guests from outside the That's studio, right. and they're always they're always fun. Yeah, I yeah. love doing them, yeah. and I'm looking forward to. Uh, uh, we're going to have so much to talk about on Star Trek Day 2024. Oh yeah, because the amount of new things that have come out and spoiler a lot of things that i like it's not just gonna be star trek has been good lately it's not just gonna be me be comic book guying my way through the whole thing going (laughs) not as good as it used to be (laughs) yeah so i'm real excited for that and we're gonna have to do a really good halloween one next year yes you bet because we the the timing worked out that i just come back from my trip yeah and so uh, 
you know, we, we, we just didn't have it in us. And we, we, we talked a lot about Halloween, um, the year before on our Halloween podcast, another episode that I do really love and enjoy going back to, but don't you worry. There's plenty more to say about our favorite holiday. We'll oh, think of something. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, uh, I think that's, I think that's a, a nice little, uh, preview, uh, uh, something to, uh, tease people with, uh, looking forward to next year with the podcast. Yeah. I think that's probably going to be it. We're Great. signing off. All right. Well, thanks very much, Josh, my pod pal. Yeah. It's been, it's been fantastic year. Yeah. had so much fun and you're the guy, like, like you say, I didn't tell the people whose podcast we haven't put up. You know, right, I, right. Never, I don't communicate. You're the you're the guy who puts this all together, and and you do a fantastic job. And uh, I really enjoy doing this with you. Well, thank you, and back at you, of course. I couldn't do it without you. I would feel way too self conscious. And the you, you're always very, you're always great with the guests. You um, you ask good questions fantastic. that I don't think of. The amount of times that my brain is stalling, going, uh, "What next?" And you've you've already thought of something. It, it's those days back in when I was a, a night porter. Right. I, I had my mock Dave Letterman show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're do- but now it's being recorded and sent out to that's the right. world. That's right. Okay, well, folks, uh, I think that's going to do it. So until next year, where you can join us with uh, for even more chats with the talented folks who help us make cool stuff from our studio and beyond, keep mucking around. Keep mucking around.